Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hmm? Ah. Hey everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Paik. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to Dexter New Blood. This week we're covering episode 6 titled Too Many Tuna Sandwiches. Love it, great title. And this week, uh, we have a very special guest with us. Welcome, Jason. Hello. Yay, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I haven't podcasted I with you in like 24 hours. I, Man. Yeah. Been a, whole a little over, hours, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Long time no speak. Just have so much fun together that we had to do this one, too. Um, Last night, uh, for people listening to both shows... Me and Pate came on first, and Rima was running a little late, so me and Pate, as a joke, put up our Dexter Zoom backgrounds, and when she came on, we're like, all right, ready to talk some Dexter, and she was just like, what? Because <laughs> we were all prepped for lock and key. It was really yeah. funny. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> It was funny when I realized you guys were kidding. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm ready now. Like, well, y'all have fun. Bye. <laughs> I'm ready now. I'm ready to talk Dexter. I'm glad you guys asked me to come <clears throat> on. I'm a huge fan. I, I'm i happy to hear that. I know you've had some uh, thoughts uh, and I think contributed some feedback early on um, to to the new series here. Um, so have you been a longtime fan, like since the beginning? How long have you, have you been? In- yeah, I, I went back like, cause I knew I'd been to watch some seasons. So I went to check and I, I'm pretty sure I came in around 2009. So three seasons were already out. And my friend Corey had these like bootleg DVDs that he was like, you got to watch this. And finally I did start (laughs) watching it and I was hooked. And I remember even like that, that was a year of my honeymoon. So I was in Hawaii and I was like up at night watching Dexter (laughs) or getting up early so I could watch (laughs) Dexter by myself. Um, But uh, I, I, I remember being floored by the season three finale, you know, with uh, Rita that was season three, right? That was four. Oh, season four well, I remember being floored by that. Yeah, that's right. That was four. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Can't even remember season three. Anyways, um, <laughs> my favorite was always season two, though, where the focus was on oh, yeah? the Bay Harbor Butcher, you know, because there was always De- uh-huh. Dexter, like this yeah. other arch serial killer, but it was him. I love that. I, I really thought it went 
downhill in later seasons, six, seven, and especially eight, the Scott Buck seasons. But, um, but I was still, I still watched every episode. Um, and the thing I like the most about Dexter, I mean, six feet under is one of my favorite shows and I liked Michael C. Hall on there, Yes, but he was David Fisher wasn't my favorite character. I liked him, but it was a little uptight, you know? And so, but he did a great job, Michael C. Hall, but then as Dexter, I just mm-hmm. think he's especially brilliant. And his performance is my favorite thing about the show. Even during the years that I didn't love the show, I th- I still watched it for his performance. And um, absolutely, yeah. And he's so. And one thing I really like, I was thinking about it. Like he he's so good at just these subtle gestures that make you laugh or whatever. But he's got this sort of mm-hmm. reined in presence around him because he's suppressing his real self. I think. Um, and so he's kind of understated about everything. But then when he gets to the killing table, it's like his chakras opened up or something, not his heart chakra, but just like, he's, <laughs> he's like a different person, you know, his free and energized and expressive. Yeah. Cause that's where he gets to just let it's it all himself. go. Yeah. Let it all out. And, and yeah. Michael C. Hall's so good at making you feel like, Oh wow. He's like, suddenly he's like switched on here. <laughs> so yeah i'm i'm a big fan yes. i was i thought you know like i said i already thought it was kind of going downhill towards the end and then that last episode i was like what the fuck and so when i heard it was coming yeah. back and some of the original people who were involved i was happy i'm like good they, they have a chance to uh you know have a better ending at least than than that and i am liking the series it's a little more um understated than i thought it was going to be i guess i'm used to dexter killing someone every week you know um, but, but I'm enjoying yeah. it. I think it's really fun. Cool. Well, that's good to hear. <laughs> and I'm liking yeah, your podcast too. I've, to I think I've heard play. every episode except for one oh, maybe, but thank you. yeah, you guys are, it's really fun to hear how, like, especially that first episode, what super fans you guys are. That was very infectious <laughs> to listen to. It's <laughs> <Nice>. cool. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. I, I know Paik and I just, for myself, I'll, I'll say anyway, it's just a, a privilege to, to talk about this show and knowing that it's back on air because I feel like this is totally, you know, if I had been podcasting back in the day, I totally would have covered the original yeah. because I, I mm-hmm. loved it so much and felt that it really deserved and needed a bit of a course correction from where we left it in season eight. That just was not a satisfying finale. I know so many people feel that way. And uh, when they decided to do this revival, it's just... Uh, a, a privilege, I feel, for me that I get to talk about it and that I get to see Michael C. Hall live, or not live, live, but, you know, every week, uh, similar to the old series, um, you know, on my screen every week back in this role. It's, I mean, I just, I can't sometimes. I just get so giddy when I'm mm-hmm, watching yeah. the show and, and get to talk about it. So I watched him I after that. this. Absolutely. And, like, mm-hmm. he was in a movie, The Game or something early on. Game, game no, night. a different uh, the gamer. Oh, oh, he was gamer, in game night, though, I think it was called. Which was really he was cool. like yeah, the villain was, in yeah, it. Yeah, two two movies. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and uh, yeah. but he and he was in some other Netflix series, but he never really found anything that caught on, as far as I knew. So, but I think he's so brilliant. From what I understand, I think he had a little bit of time. He was off because he had like a cancer diagnosis or something and needed some 
downtime or something like that. I think he was going through some health issues. And I mean, wasn't working for a little bit of a period of time. I'm, maybe so. I mean, he got diagnosed with cancer while Dexter was still on, you know, like, yeah, but that's right. right? Yeah, season, season five yeah, of Dexter. I don't know. Yeah. I was so worried for him. He was diagnosed. Um, but um, I, I also, yeah. it was a trip to, cause I, I watched last week's episode and heard that song ketamine at the end and I really liked it. And I thought that mm-hmm. sounds like him. But then I looked it up and it was some mm-hmm. weird name and I'm like, Oh, I guess it just sounds like him. So then when I heard you guys talking about it, it was him. <laughs> and so I start, I went back and started <laughs> yeah. listening to some of that music. It's really weird. It's really interesting though. It's it kind of reminds me of, I have, uh, who's the guy that does like the Batman, um, score Danny Elfman, his rock music sounds a little similar to anyway. Uh, I'm sorry. Hey, I keep interrupting see, you. I... No, no, you're good. Uh, yeah, I've I've listened to that album numerous times over the past like yeah, two week, or like week mm. now since we <laughs> talked about that, and yeah, it's it's been on a heavy rotation. The way I was like I was like he he kind of his voice kind of sounds very Bowie esque. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I kind of I'm just like when I'm listening to him, I was like it's like if David Bowie uh, found a lot more and it's kind of spacey and, music and, like, too, guitars and stuff, and like yeah, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. cool. So what were you gonna say about I, when yeah. I was saying what super fans you guys are? Oh yeah. Uh, well, no, because when she was talking about that, I was like, yeah. I mean, I echo that sentiment a hundred percent. Where even like today, taking notes, I, you know, we're six episodes in, and I still have a moment where I have to like pause and think and be like, I'm getting to like nerd out and podcast and talk about new episodes of Dexter. <laughs> like it still resonates with me how crazy mm-hmm. this is, and I was like, and it just worked out that like you know I, I happened to come on as the new co-host of this show and i've been working with rima for like a year it's been a little over a year now and we've been covering some different shows and how mm-hmm. perfect it is that with this timing that dexter has rolled yeah. around and she's such a big fan and i was such a huge fan I was like that was just like it felt like fate it was just like oh you, you, you we're gonna cover dexter right and it's like my dreams yeah. have come true <laughs> yeah like, yes of course <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even willing to like do double duty of, you know, covering if we, I was like, I don't care what we have to do and fit it in the schedule. It's, it's, I'm going to make mm-hmm. it happen. Because yeah. I can't not. I'm glad you guys it. are doing it. Um, it makes me feel like, like I, I'm just glad that it's on Podcastica. Like I would like to cover it too, but I have so many things else going on. But I'm just glad that it's being covered and I get to listen to it. <laughs> Oh, thanks. Well, I'm glad that you had an opening in your schedule because you you have have been really busy too. So, you know, I'm I'm glad that you've, you know, that it opened up for you yeah, that you were able too. to join us because I I know you were you have been a fan mm-hmm. and um you know have been enjoying the season. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm really excited to talk. Uh, always excited. I just yeah, I always have this moment like I can't believe we get to talk about this <laughs> show, um, and I could talk about it so much longer than what we record for um i know some people are like god your two hour two hour episodes trust me people it could go a lot longer if we let it Um, (laughs) but anyway um well what what are your general thoughts um jason is our special guest this week um what are your general thoughts about this week's episode did you like it yeah i think it's kind of like with lock and key the story's moving people are finding things out we're finding out more answers it's exciting it's funny uh it's kind of disturbing in a good way in parts so yeah i, mm-hmm. I thought it was a great episode mm-hmm. there's a couple things where i was shaking my head like really but that always happens with dexter too i mean even back in the old series <laughs> but yeah I, I liked it sure 
Good. Cool. Paik, what are, what are your general thoughts overall? Did you like this week's episode? Yeah, I thought this one was really great. Um, I love how they just kind of moved in because we were talking about like, oh my God, where did they go from here with this reveal? And then they kind of throw that stuff out pretty pretty early and pretty easily. Like, all right, we, we take care of that and then we move forward with it. Yep. And I, I like that the way that they're just uh, you know plowing through with that and keeping it running. Where they don't like, oh no, we have to like slam on the brakes and make sure we deal with this problem. It's like, no, we'll we'll take care of that problem quickly as we're doing other things mm-hmm. and building forward. And I, I really like that. Lots going on. I do too. A mm-hmm. lot going on, uh, for sure, and a lot of information being churned out for sure. I I thoroughly enjoyed this episode. I thought this was one of the best so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's saying a lot because I've really enjoyed most of the episodes um, and enjoyed talking about them. But I was really on the edge of my seat for a lot of this episode. It was really thrilling um, that there were some funny lines, funny moments, um, but just very, very thrilling. And I was just like on the edge of my seat going, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, yeah, it was really great. I thought. Can I tell you my um, favorite part? Well, I'm excited. My yeah, absolutely. favorite part was when... I love Dexter's response to Molly's Mary fucking kill podcast, which he's become like a fan of her mm-hmm. podcast, I guess, <laughs> trying to figure out if she's onto him. And she's like, <laughs> yeah. finishing up our Sunshine State murder extravaganza, and I've saved the best for last, the Bay Harbor Butcher. You know the nickname, and you know what he did. Dismembered his victims, bagged the bloody bits and the hefties, and tossed them in the bay. <laughs> Dozens of bodies strewn across the ocean floor. And he's like, ah, the good old days. <laughs> because i thought maybe he'd be like oh yeah god i really did that but he's like oh man i wish i could be back there that was so simple back then yeah i know she's like this guy was the most fucking brutal of all time a real batman vigilante bolt like you know and i can imagine i can see him inside just like (gasps) yeah yeah, it was the best yeah it was That was me. That was all me. Yeah. It's like hearing someone talk back, about like, like an old really football himself. team that was champion, national champion or something. Uh, <laughs> Al Bundy and his uh, four four touchdowns in one game. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> oh yeah, I that was so good. I, I, I if so I would add water in my mouth, I would have spit it all over the screen at that point. <laughs> it's <laughs> uh, <that's> great <laughs> yeah i i know i uh laughed out loud like literally <laughs> lol at the in that moment mm-hmm. <clears throat> for sure um oh uh, and and yeah michael c hall i mean it's, it's just classic dexter mm-hmm. you know just absolutely classic dexter <laughs> that always his dark humor that always had me laughing and oh that yeah was definitely we got a couple of those this episode of it's good he did. There was a lot of old Dexter that came out mm-hmm. uh, in this episode, and it was great. Uh, well, that's fantastic. That's a really great, great way to start it <laughs> off. Um, let's start talking about our top three. Yeah. I know we all have some, I'm sure, some great points and um, things that we want to say. So, Jason, as our guest of honor, um, would you please start us off? Sure. My number three is Dexter in therapy. Um you know, he, yeah. he, he tells Angela that he has hair. I've got Harrison therapy, like bragging. And she's like, you're the one who needs therapy. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I want to see Dexter in <laughs> yeah. therapy. And then I got my wish. I really didn't expect. I wrote it down. I, yeah, I'd like to see that. And then next thing you know, there they are. Um, 
And it's interesting because with Dexter, I guess it's always like this, like he kind of has normal problems with a little twist on it. So, you know, like with his son, he's having parenting problems. He's this guy, Kurt is a bad influence and he knows it and he's right. He's trying to get him to listen, but he's Harrison won't listen to him. So he's being a good father there. Um, and he's now he's taking Harrison to therapy. Like he wished his dad had done for him as was mentioned last week that he, you know, his dad thought his dad was abusive in the way that he brought him up. And that's like, I feel like, you know, we all try to do better than our parents. So he's so, he's relatable a lot of the time, but anyways, um, Mm -hmm. Angela says, you know, well, this too, that no wonder he's having so much trouble. Your issues are becoming his issues. And that happens to, I, I think almost everyone too. We take on our parents' issues to a degree, one degree or another, Although it's not always about like having totally. a dark passenger, that's where there's a little twist <laughs> with, yeah. with yeah, Dexter. Yeah, no, parents are serial killers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speak for yourself. Maybe. <laughs> Some of us. <laughs> Some of us. Maybe we do. Have, I don't know. <laughs> so uh, I, I, the therapy session. It was interesting because you see Dexter over on one side, and it's like, is he there by himself? But no, there's this space in between him and Harrison, and that. I, that reminded me, this is probably TMI, but I've been in couples therapy um, with like an ex-girlfriend and um, it, it's like when you're not, when you first go and you're really not getting along, there can be a space in between you. That space. The, you're not, <laughs> yeah. yeah you, the distance speaks yeah, volumes right It's there. a symbolic <laughs> distance. Uh, and and mm-hmm. then Deborah fills that space. And so... I might be, you know, sometimes ghost Deborah, sometimes, uh, I might be like reading too much into it, but she's like this imaginary proxy for a confidant for Dexter. She's the one who knows everything about him, all his secrets, the only one he could really talk to, but she's not real. And I'm like, okay, maybe as long as he has her, this fictional construct, he's less likely to feel the need to reveal himself to other people. So that creates space between him and everyone else, because the space between him and Angela and him and Harrison maybe is about him not being able to reveal himself. Although then again, with someone like Angela, if he did reveal himself, then she, the space might get bigger. Right. But I do feel like the series is about, the space between him and Harrison closing up, you know, that maybe he's, he uh, clearly he'd be more understanding or you'd think so anyways. And, Mm -hmm. and going back over the series, hold on a second. I I feel like that's a repeating theme with Dexter where, um, he finding people who he can confide in and who will accept him as he is as, as a killer. And we've seen that over and over. Harry's the first one. Then crazy killer girlfriend number one, Lila. Uh, Miguel Prado, who was played by Jimmy Smits, was his like killing partner for a while, I think. Then there was Lumen, who was mm-hmm. maybe not quite as crazy, but still killer girlfriend number two, played by Julia Stiles. Eventually, Deborah found out and was still, you know, keeping a secret with him. And Hannah, the poisoner, um, Evelyn Vogel, who's this neuropsychiatrist who was the one who suggested the code to Harry in the first place. Zach Hamilton, who he took on as a protege for a while towards the end there, I think. And so uh, I think they're all dead. Right? I think they're all dead. Yeah. Um, Yeah. 
think yeah. so. Yeah. yeah. And so that's that's why Hannah's the only one that made it out of the original series right. without dying, but she's dead now. Yeah, right. she just yeah. happens to be dead because <clears throat> everyone dies. But but still, it's like that. That's why he left Hannah and Harrison because he felt like everyone I'm around, like everything he was saying. Well, we'll get to this later, but it has to do with what he was saying to Angela when he got caught, but I want to stick to this therapy session. So, um, I feel like this in the series, Dex, Dexter may finally find the comper- person he can confide in and keep it around it. And it would be Harrison. I mean, I know there's speculation that he'll die and Harrison will be the new killer and Dexter will be his dark passenger like Deborah is to Dexter now. But I, I kind of hope not because even though Deb is funny as hell in this episode, she's a representation of the internal dialogue of Dexter. And I don't want Dexter to be a representation of the internal dialogue of Harrison. I want Dexter to be Dexter, you know, <laughs> that's why I'm watching this show. So, so I, I would rather see an ending where they're a team. What do you guys think? Oh, I, I, would not be mad about that. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, it's, it's hard for me to be like, well, here's what I want or what I don't want because I've, I've put a lot of faith in with especially how this is yeah. gone. We're like, I just, wherever they want to take it, I, I have trust in them to make it really good. And I just, I'm, me too. I'm interested to see what they do in any direction they, they take it. Even if it was where it sounds De- like Dexter a became, answer, but like, honestly, like, I'm like, if eh. Dexter became Harrison's <laughs> dark passenger, you'd be all right with that? I think yeah. so. I just I, I do agree with you that I mean the more Dexter Morgan just being himself and not that would would be better but but I trust that if they did go that direction with it that they would make, make it work. good. I'm sure it'd be fun and funny but yeah. I just then you wouldn't see Dexter having to get out of stuff, you know. It'd be different. But yeah, yeah maybe different is good after 9 seasons. Um I had a couple more things to say. So Dexter is kind of clumsy with his therapy. Of course, he's, it does feel like a couple therapy between the two of them because they both have issues. But of course, he starts out by talking about uh, Harrison's issues. Oh, yeah, he's had trouble at school, then his overdose. And then they're like, well, how do you feel, Harrison? And well, it hasn't exactly been easy being Jim's son what do you mean by that? And then ghost Deb leans over, brace yourself. I love that. (laughs) And then he mentions how he was abandoned by his father. His mom died of cancer. He went to foster hell, which was its own. I mean, foster care, which was its own special hell. And then found out his dad was alive and had abandoned him and found him to search for answers. I wanted to look him in the eye and ask him how he could pretend like I didn't fucking exist. I presume all that's true. Um, but mm-hmm. it reminded me, I mean, I, I won't get too personal, but I didn't meet my father until a couple of years ago when I was like 47 or 48. But at that point it was more out of curiosity. Maybe if I was a teenager and my mom was gone, I'd be more like wanting to connect and, you know, try to build a relationship or something. But anyway, I feel for Harrison here. I, I kind of relate to that. Totally. <laughs> Totally. Yeah. And then they asked Dexter, how would you, or the therapist asked it, how would you respond to that, Jim? He says, it was a difficult time for everyone. I wish things had been different. Uh, well, thanks for your honesty, but for this to work, you're going to have to dig a little deeper. And then Deb says, the problem is the only people you're ever honest with you end up killing, which is, yeah, what I just mentioned. But, um, 
Yeah. So he wants to talk about Dexter's past and, uh, and let's see. He said, <laughs> Deb's like, where to begin? The fact that you're talking to your dead sister right now in this room or your mother being chopped up in front of you or your adoptive cop dad teaching you to be a serial killer. Uh, and then he goes, it was a typical childhood average, but then when he says he was adopted, the therapist says Dexter and Harrison both share abandonment issues. And um, I'm like, well, they do, but it's deeper than that. And then I'm like trying to, okay, this is leading me to think why, why are Dexter and, and why do they have this dark passenger? And I think the show always suggested that his urge to kill came from him having seen his mother killed. Right. And then being stuck in that shipping container trauma of yeah it. with her parts oh, yeah. and now harrison saw his mother killed too as far as we know right he's found in her blood and mm-hmm. um and i'm like uh, dexter's concerned about that like do you, you don't remember that right like kind of seemed like hoping he wouldn't remember and he says no i think he was like yeah, yeah he's like, just a hoping, yeah, but in hope but I, I'm like, just because you don't remember something, it doesn't mean it can't have an impact on your life. I always think that, for example, I don't remember learning to talk, but I can talk, <laughs> you know? So <laughs> something like that, can you can carry it forward. And then when he asked Dexter how he feels about what happened, and he's like, that was a long time ago. I guess I've made my peace with it. That kind of felt like old Dexter, where he'd say something that ended up being really insensitive, but he didn't realize it because he's kind of emotionally clueless. Yeah. 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 That's Social exactly what I was thinking and, with yeah. that is yeah. he's just, he's so clueless. And there's a couple times in this episode where he just says the absolute worst thing he possibly could have said in that moment. And it's, yeah. but it's just, he's so like, he doesn't mean any and, harm. Yeah. And so, but right. that, that definitely crosses a line with Harrison. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, it, I think it crushed Harrison. Not just to feel it, feel it peace, but even like what he says right before that, when they're talking about, you know, what happened, and he's referring to Rita and he says, you know, and then that marriage sort of fell apart. Yeah. What? <laughs> and the way that Harrison looks at him, like, fell apart. She was killed by a serial yeah. killer. And I was like, the fuck do you mean fell apart? You know? Right. That's yeah. that's quite a way to put it. And that, that seemed like Dexter was yeah. just trying not to have to talk about that versus that's how he thought of it. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know, but he didn't want to mention it. I, I wondered... I wondered if it was his way of trying to deal with what happened mm. because we know how guilty he felt that he's the one that got Rita killed because he basically baited Trinity. Oh, I forgot about and that that's part. What got Rita? Yeah, that's what got Rita killed. And I think in a way it's his way. Like if, if he, if that was the truth, if that, if that is his truth of like, well, marriage was, you know, kind of falling apart and I'm kind of at peace with it now, you know, if that's his way of dealing with it because of the guilt because I do, in a way, believe Dexter is capable of feeling some guilt. He did feel really bad about, you know, when uh, Rita died and left Harrison without a mother. And, of course, Aster and Cody, of course, yeah. too, without their oh, mother. Because yeah. uh, it was still, his fault. <laughs> but still really bad at explaining feelings in this. Because I, I think yeah. back to, you oh, know, totally. that, so it's like the season five opener when, you know, because they were supposed to go on this big family trip to Disney or whatever, right before Rita was killed or right after, you know, that. Mm-hmm. So you get, you know, Aster and Cody showing up 
and him breaking the news that their mother was murdered as he's wearing these Mickey Mouse ears, just being like, oh yeah, your mom's dead. Sorry. Like he's so just like void of emotion with it. And it's like, yeah. oh man. But like, he, even here, well, like I, I liked Harrison's response. He said, I feel abandoned. And he goes, well, yeah, I don't blame your son. No, no. I mean, right here in this, in this room. Mm-hmm. And, and yes, that was good. Cause it was kind of some self-awareness and, you know, just, putting it on the table what's going on like you just i feel this way because of what you just said and dexter is seems to be taking that in like he's like oh oh i didn't and that was the end of what we saw of the therapy session but you can tell it impacted him like he doesn't want to hurt anybody and personally i've never bought into the idea that dexter doesn't feel feelings Uh, the first season maybe it kind of was like that but even early probably parts of the first season and definitely the second season on i think the writers probably were like you know if he really has no feelings then the audience is not gonna relate to him and root for him and so yes i think he can be really clueless but i feel like he's always had things that he cared about and and has had joy and sorrow and things that we can connect with you know and I don't even know if he really yeah. maps to anything that's actually psychologically possible because I think true psychopaths probably don't have feelings in the way that Dexter clearly does and has, <laughs> you know, going back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. Yep. So anyway, I mean, just that, that I just wanted to go through the whole session and kind of give my thoughts on it, but I thought it was cool that he had a therapy session and I think it would potentially be kind of fun if we saw him go a little deeper and i mean i don't know how deep they can go without him being able to reveal the true facts of his situation but it would be interesting if he could have some realizations in there agreed (laughs) i like it Pake. what is your number three all right uh my number three is harrison and Kind of what we see in this episode of what he's going through and his passenger and whatever, you know, what what's what is Harrison's dark passenger? Is it something that he shares with his father or is it something that Dexter's kind of reading into a little further than it really is? And it's more of just some a traumatized kid acting out for for some semblance of of love and acceptance and understanding of what, you know, everything that's, he, he, you know, that's gone on in his life. And so just seeing some of what Harrison is doing and then this wedge that it's building between Dexter and Harrison, like, you know, De- mm-hmm. uh, Jason, you mentioned earlier, you know, maybe that gap closing, but throughout this episode, I'm just seeing that that distance spread further and further apart. So we'll see if they can find some kind of closure or at least, reason to to get closer yeah. to each other you got four more episodes by left, the end right? of this yeah yeah i predict yeah. they will be by so the end. with this one of course yeah we'll see. <laughs> uh you know we have harrison having the application from caldwell's mm-hmm. and dexter finding that which again this has got to be so annoying for harrison to be like you got to stop looking at my stuff dad like you got to stop going through everything <laughs> uh but you sticking know sticking out of his bag no right <laughs> And like a true Dexter parent. refuses to sign the application. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he refuses to sign the application, doesn't want him to work for Kurt. He's got his own reasons, obviously. I mean, he doesn't trust Kurt because he knows that Kurt is lying and there's just things that are off about him that he finds out more later on throughout the episode. 
but he doesn't want him to. And then I like Harrison after, you know, vying for a spot, you know, in the cast of Letterkenny with all the chore and he's doing, um, he just drops this like good boy act. And it's just like snarky and stuff with him again. Like I didn't even go to therapy. I was talking to Kurt and he's the reason that I did your stupid fucking chores. And so you should be thanking him, you know, and the, the, the split between them is caused there again. Harrison goes to Kurt's, says, I'm taking the job. Fuck my dad. I don't care if he, you know, he doesn't want me to do it, but I'm going to do it anyway. Has Kurt just like forged the signature for him? That's with an A-Y. All right. <laughs> and yep. he's, so we're already seeing he's leaving, you know, he's got this split with Dexter and he's getting closer to Kurt, which then Dexter's reactions to a lot of those things is only going to make that worse so far what we've seen but uh, harrison at school random note uh the music when we first see him at school troubles coming by royal blood i love that song love that band and that song was also used <clears throat> in episode two of lock and key the season i talked mm. about it i pointed it out there too so connection <laughs> yay but uh and then the next thing that i really want to talk about with him though uh the award for creepiest and sketchiest entrance to a girl's room ever goes to harrison um <laughs> i mean i have just questions uh, about that yeah. yeah but this scene you know he's confiding in audrey that there is this darkness within him like he's kind of letting her in that he has this tendency to like push people away or like to just feel this anger and hatred towards people and he's even hurt people before it's all been in self-defense for the most part, he does slip up a hints a little bit that Ethan might not have been the same kind of instance, but he kind of moves past that pretty quickly. But, you know, they confide in each other and it's, it's, it's a good moment for them. He's able to actually open up to somebody and she's able to share a little bit more of her personal story. And then of course, when they start making out, they make sure to focus a little bit on the fact that he brought the straight razor with him and it is in his back pocket and that worries me so much. I was like, what does that mean? What was it like if this wouldn't have gone the way that he wanted it to? Like, is there some kind of intention or like. And he's wearing gloves, I, too. He's wearing black gloves like Dexter always yeah. did when he was on on the hunt or, you know, up to no good or, or something. And, you know, yes, I know it was cold. It's very cold there. But Harrison never wears gloves like we've right. never. He's always got his like hands stuffed into his pockets, kind of hunkered down, you know, walking to school or walking around. He's never seen wearing gloves until this point. And it just seems so creepy how he just enters the window that way. And then he does have that straight blade with him. I just, I'm kind of creeped out by that. And I, I don't know if that's intentional, yeah. if, if it's supposed to kind of throw us off or if he really was up to, or could have been up to no good. Yeah. It's it just enough to really make you question like what, his intentions, like if Audrey would have been turned off and away from him being like, sometimes I want to hurt people, then what would, you know? Yeah, but I mean, also, you know, I, I get the creepy creeps thinking, God, that does not look good there, Harrison. You know, uh, mm-hmm. the, the gloves, the sneaking into her room. Why didn't he text her to say, right. hey, can I come over? Something like that uh, and just sneaks in. But also, uh, it'd be pretty stupid, and Harrison seems to be anything but stupid, uh, killing or having or doing some, yeah. something harmful to the police chief's daughter. Right. Uh, I think the reason that why that happened dumb. is so we could have a scary moment where we were like, who's that? <laughs> and then it was, oh, it's just it, him. it might be as simple as and that. And then um, right. 
you know, I loved that she gets her nunchucks and she's really angry. Like, do you know my mother's a cop? And he goes, oh, you know how to use nunchucks? And then she's all smiling. Yeah. And she like flips one behind her back. <laughs> I'm a badass. Yeah. <laughs> it's cute. Right. I love that. Yeah, so it's just the straight razor that really. Yeah, I guess. So. Like, yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah, why point. does he have it with him? Like where? Like was he? Maybe it's just where he was just he before? It. Like was he up to something right. before yeah. he got to? Is anyone dead from the school? And just ha- happen to have it with him? Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, I'm like, like he's <laughs> checking on people here. <laughs> it's not like he's like hiding it from his dad because Dexter has already found the straight yeah. razor and talked. He looks clean shaven. Right. Like he needs to hide it. <laughs> he just he just Maybe decided he just to shave on his way over there. Yeah. Going to see uh, a girl. Went to look good for that date. Yeah, yeah. And then we cut to the next morning where Angela catches the two of them together. Yikes! Uh, yeah, and how bold for the door not even to be all the way closed. Yeah, lock the right. door. Jeez. Jeez. <laughs> right. It's, it's all it, it's all Audrey's fault. That's what we're getting at, right? Um, no, <laughs> no, not at all. But like, go like, One take of a them. moment. Say, wait a minute. <laughs> Shut the door and lock it right. before your parent walks in. Yeah, like, as you mentioned, your mom's a cop, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> he has a gun. So maybe, yeah, don't with that. Uh, and then, like, the next big thing obviously comes at the end of the episode where we see, as Dexter puts it, his dark passenger on public display once again, uh, which is the wrestling match, which, you know, nice little counter from Harrison for those first points. That was really nice. Uh, then the other kid headbutts him, splitting his eyebrow. You done fucked up, A.A. Ron. At that point, because mm-hmm. that, you know, just then Harrison's pissed. That's what he tells Logan is he's just like, are you hurt? You OK? He's like, no, I'm pissed. And then Kurt tells him, use that anger. Unleash it on that asshole, which not exactly the same as telling Harrison to hurt him like Dexter thinks. But I mean, it was definitely taken that way. We see he kind of goes into that zone and breaks the kid arm. I was like, you know, snapping motherfuckers arms like. After he's already won the match, who does he think he is? Pentagon, which is just a joke for myself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you get, um, uh, and Kurt was proud yeah, of him, so unhappy it seemed him. like maybe yeah, he did Logan mean was it that unhappy way. and kind of freaked out mm-hmm. and mad. Dexter's worried about it because like, oh shit, you know, here this darkness in him is coming out and he's not able to hold it. But yeah, Kurt's the one hugging him and holding. Him. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. Which Dexter's had enough of Kurt connecting with his son, so now you know Dexter. I don't want to say attacking Kurt, but I mean, he does, he comes up and shoves him. He's like, you know, fucking, you know, give it a rest. And then that makes Harrison even more mad. Like, what's your deal with Kurt? Why are you taking it out on Kurt? He's the one that's coaching me. He's the one who's there for me. And this wedge just continues to get lodged in oh, between yeah. the two of them. I think in that moment, that was when we saw Dexter. That was yeah. his mask coming off. That was not Jim Lindsay. That was Dexter Morgan when yeah. he went and, uh, you know, pulled Kurt away from Harrison. I was like, oh, <laughs> it's on. So, yeah. So Good that's moment. just what I want to talk about. It's just like, Harrison's darkness is coming out a little bit. But I really have to question. It's like, is it exactly what Dexter's thinking it is? Or is it more just a tr- like a kid who's been through a lot of trauma and hardships been through a lot of shit like just acting out in ways that i mean that's just all he has as an outlet so i I don't know we'll have to see i mean he does say to audrey i mean you know all the time i just feel like hurting everyone so he's definitely got something in him that is kind of festering which apparently was very romantic yeah her because she likes the brooding (laughs) like Like, let's let's he's like i you know uh, i'm angry all the time 
Oh, I understand. You've been through a lot of stuff. Yeah, I think about hurting people and and tells about, you know, the time that he was or no, no, he's talking about that kid that they think tried to attack him, Ethan. Ethan. That was different. You had to and you saved us. Well, I hurt someone on the bus station who tried to touch me. Well, you're protecting yourself. That's totally normal. I think about hurting everyone all the time. I totally get that. <laughs> it's like, I don't know if you're hearing me here. Like, I want to kill you right now, right. kind of. I have this razor. No, I'm, yeah, my, I've got, I've got yeah. gloves Well, on I think right we now. should sleep together. I've got a razor in my pocket. <laughs> I ran out of red bo- red flags in my yeah. pocket. I don't have any more to give like, you. I <laughs> am a killer, okay? Uh, I, I think, I mean, I think he's just like his dad. That's what I think. And he, all, all of these are uh, clearly he's wanting... I think he's like any teenager who's trying to shape his identity and figure out his identity. And the show right now is about these two father figures who could guide him in different directions. One is Kurt who's bad and one is Dexter who's also bad, but maybe like could potentially teach him the code. I mean, I know you guys were saying um, that uh, Harry should have brought Dexter to therapy, but I also read that a lot of psychologists think that psychopaths can't be cured and they're just kind of lost to society. I hate to think that I know you should try with any kid, but for this TV show, I think the solution might end up being the best thing for um, Harry is the same thing that got taught to Dexter that you can't control. You can't fully suppress this urge to kill. So the best thing you could do is to kill monsters. Who knows? Maybe they won't go that way. Yeah. Channel it. Uh, right, and right before Harrison said uh, to Dexter, Kurt's a good guy. He cares about me. He doesn't accuse me of being a fucking psycho. I had written on my notes, Harrison's a fucking psycho <laughs> because after he, <laughs> he broke the guy's arm in half, like that's more than just acting out that, I mean, it, it, you could see it just, he, <laughs> yeah, it's yes. bad. And here it's, <laughs> yeah, that dude tapped out. Like there was like a full five seconds that dude's yeah. ta- after he tapped yeah. out and yeah like if he's killed he's he like slicing this kid's doing. neck he wants to hurt everyone he's breaking this kid's arm in half uh i think i think it's that he's just like dexter and this is about hope fine maybe dexter being able to guide him like a father you know in, a, in the twisted dexter way but we'll see Oof, a lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff. I just want to like just stop and think about it for me. Can we pause and go back and watch the show for a minute and we'll reconvene? No. Okay, just me. Uh, <laughs> well, I want to go back to a little bit um, about the therapy uh, part because for, for me, the therapy uh, scenes that we got were the highlights of this episode um, between Dexter and Harrison. And, you know, neither one of them has a real break breakthrough and it's not because of that, but it's, it's how both of them are hiding right in front of the therapist's eyes. You know, Dexter has his like usual mask on, right? He's playing his normal nice guy, you know? Um, and then Harrison, you know, keeps poking holes in <laughs> the whole facade that, that Dexter's putting up. And, you know, you can just see Harrison is, he he clearly wants to talk about 
these impulses that he has, like he did with Audrey, right? Like he went straight to her know, after, like I need to talk. Yeah, yeah. Um, he he doesn't feel comfortable doing it with a the therapist, um, or maybe. And well, I think it's because he because Dexter isn't being truthful mm-hmm. or honest. Um, so I don't think that he can bring himself to be truthful when he knows Dexter is still lying like a sack of shit you know about his identity he knows now he may not know who dexter really is or was and well obviously he doesn't but we don't know obviously know. right he he know no we don't well we don't know i guess but i have to assume that he doesn't know that dexter was the serial killer um you know that I don't his father know. yeah you're probably right was yeah. I am making the assumption. Mm-hmm. I think anything is possible in the series, so who the hell knows? Yeah, I I think you're right. But but we don't know. Yeah. But but he knows that he knows he's at the very least lying about who he is being yeah. Jim Lindsay and you know, not Dexter Morgan. He might be and relieved when he finds out Dexter's that. a serial killer. He might be like, Oh God, I can finally well, talk I, to you. Oh, now it all makes yeah, sense. Oh yeah. God, thank you. Well, <laughs> I think that, see that's the very thing. See, Dexter is—he's the one thing that he's always been taught. Rule number one of the code was don't get caught. And you know, I, I know he's not quite following the code as specifically as what he used to. He's rusty, and you know, he hasn't killed in that many years, with the exception of Mike Caldwell. Uh, but that's what what was always ingrained in him, and it's this self preservation. We all have it. We all have the self preservation. How how can he? confess to to Harrison who he really is and actually that is like you said the maybe the one thing that Harrison needs to hear like i know exactly how you feel like i want to hurt people too i have and then this I thing do. inside of me <laughs> yes. you know that's the very thing that would probably bring them together but how does how how would dexter even begin to do that and say yeah i'm a serial killer he will i, I he get will. you I th- I think that he will too. I think mm-hmm. it's getting to that point because this this he is seeing how he is being drawn to Kurt mm-hmm. and thinking Kurt. Now they're both killers, um, but like you said, he sees Kurt as as you know can take him down the wrong path. Killing innocence. Dexter could, you know, right? Killing innocence and and being impulsive maybe. Whereas Dexter can teach him to be more methodical and teach him a code and how to channel it and how to harness that inside of him. Uh, and that's the very thing that he needs. And I do think that's where we're going to go. I think it's going to come that Harrison is, whether or not Dexter tells him or not, I don't know, but he's going to find out. And that could be the very thing that might bring them together because we are really seeing that separation. And like you said, Jason, that wedge, you know, getting bigger and bigger between them. Um, but but I love it. that. I, I just, I love the therapy. Oh, I'm sorry. Pink said <laughs> that. I'm sorry. I'm um but I, I loved those therapy scenes because it was, you know, Harrison really, you can tell, wants to say it and wants to talk about it. And he can't say it to the therapist. He can't say it to Dexter um, when Dexter refuses to be truthful and honest. Um, but about the fact that well, he did so. say it to Audrey, it, I really feel for him. He's like, I'm having the, these urges and I need help. <laughs> you know, he, he's he's it's a cry yeah. for help. Oh, absolutely! Everything he's been been doing is a, a kind yeah. of help. That hurting Ethan, uh, what he did to the his opponent in the wrestling match. And I predict um, that he'll go further down the road with Kurt before he comes back to Dexter, because I think Kurt mm-hmm. too. He, I, I, I don't know. I think you guys mentioned maybe he, him, and his son were 
partners like hunting people and now he lost his hunting partner and it's like a theory yeah and yeah. so um he wants a new partner and maybe he thinks that um harrison could be that partner yeah i i think so i think matt was i mean maybe not quite like a serial killer whether or not he helped his dad you know uh in in his hunting if you will there was like uh, something where I, he I said that, that he killed before and oh not the car thing but something right. else so. yeah. <laughs> yeah so like if there was like a darkness in matt uh, and he recognizes that in Harrison and yeah. he knows that he's lost Matt and he keeps pretending he's alive, but he knows that he's dead or, or something has happened to him. Um, and so he's like, well, I'll just take on Harrison here, um, you know, and be a, a mentor to him. And I, yeah, I think they're going to get closer before, before we see, and I don't know how it will all play out or anything, but, um. Yeah, I don't know. I I thought the therapy sessions were great. And I really I felt for Dexter too. I think that did hit him pretty hard when uh Harrison said that. He's like, I feel abandoned like right now on this mm-hmm. couch. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, Dexter's kind of seeing that. He's like I fucked you up. Know, maybe I'm <laughs> yeah, I messed up. And he's he's and I it, it's frustrating cuz he's been having this like hands-off approach to parenting. Like, you know, all of these things that that Harrison has been doing, um, you know, the acting out, um, running off, getting high, getting, you know, all these things that he's been, you know, Dexter's just kind of like hands off, hands off, hands off. And I'm like, dude, something's going to happen here. <laughs> well, he's been trying lately. He's, he's, he's like, gotta, you're going to therapy and school and home and that's it. So he's trying to start. But he, that's not what he's, that's not what he, you know, Harrison still, he like, he's sneaking out. Yeah, Harrison you know? doesn't and listen. he comes home, Angela brings him home, and yeah. he's like, you know, hey, look, you can't do it. And Harrison just like, zip, you know, just immediately shuts him down, and, and Dexter's still just like, ugh. I don't know what to do. You know? I know, just watching this, because I have a 10-year-old, I'm like, God, this is all coming. Just a few years. Coming. <laughs> I'm going to be just like Dexter, too. I'm like, uh, trying to lay down the law, but figure out how much freedom to give and everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good luck. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll be coming to you for advice. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I don't know that I did much better. And I think girls are different than boys. Yeah. Um, middle school was health in this house. I'll tell you that it wasn't high school. It was middle school. And this is smart too. <laughs> I bet you a lot of fans of Dexter who were not already parents when it was coming out are now. And so they can relate to this parental struggles that he's having. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. <coughs> it's been 10 years. Mm-hmm. So I'm one of them. I wasn't a parent a when lot it of first came have... out. Yeah. Well, don't take your parenting tips so far from Dexter. <laughs> I would say don't do that. He's a fucking good dad. <laughs> Is that what he said? That's right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Where are we? Uh, do you want to go ahead with oh, your number okay. two? Um, yeah. So Kurt and Molly. So I got to say, right. maybe you guys can convince me otherwise, but I found it a little hard to believe that Molly would let herself end up in the basement of a remote off the grid cabin with this guy who just told her he lied about his missing son. Given that she's a true crime podcaster who's heard a bunch of scary stories uh, I was thinking the same. However, I think that her desire for the scoop. Yeah. Blinded her to uh, all that one, one out. 
Yeah. She kind of puts this like, not really a front because she really is a badass in a lot of ways. So she was like, you know, yeah, I can fucking do this. Like I'm going after the story. I'm going to go check this out. But I think the second that they went down there and he closed that behind them, you saw her immediately. That's I fucked up. Yeah. Like you can see it in her like this after you like, Oh yeah. Come to me. Uh, I lied about all that. I'm a liar, but God, trust me right now. Come to this remote location. Please don't tell anybody. (laughs) And uh, let's go. It's off the grid. And the, the time that you start getting suspicious is when the basement door closes behind you. That's a little too late. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, it, it was a little little. too much. I, I, I think we've talked about it with, with the other girls too. I think with the last girl that Chloe, the last one that he shot in the face, it was like, you know, what is up with the girls these days? Have we all not watched enough serial killer documentaries or listened to enough true crime podcasts that that is the last thing that you should be doing is going to some stranger. So some person you just yeah. met uh, to this remote cabin and this, you know, someone that you barely know. How do you, how I just, how do you trust people like that? And it's, and I don't know. I'm, I'm I assume everyone's trying to kill me at all. And times. if you're a true crime podcaster so I too, I don't understand that. Who's heard all these stories? Yeah, but you're so right. The, she should be more sensitive. The idea to is that she was wanting to get the scoop. So um, she was wanting to catch him in the lie. Yeah, she told Angela. Right. That's I mean, she, she wants a story ultimately for her podcast. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. meanwhile, Dexter thinks that she may be on to him, and he thinks he has to deal with her, and. uh, he says, you know, I can't we can't let Molly take this all this away from me. So what was he planning on doing with her? I don't think he would kill her. I think knowing Dexter, he w- he didn't really have a, 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 a total plan. He would just follow her and figure something out because he's good at figuring stuff out on the fly. But I don't know. I Maybe the writers didn't even think of what think- his plan was going to be. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if he had an official plan because she I mean, she doesn't fit no. the code by any means. And but you see, like it's a little bit of this impulse that we got last week with him, where he was going after these drug dealers. Mm-hmm. Where there's this more of now that he has his son with him, like he has a family and he has other people that are also you know important that it can be affected by things. I mean, he had that stuff with Rita and Baby Harrison and Hannah and Astrid and Cody and all that back in the day too. But where he's at now is it kind of triggers this like fight or flight thing with him now. It's like, we, you know, I can't let things get in the way. And so when he starts thinking that it's Molly, that is the reason that Angela found out who he was and all of everything's starting to crumble around him. He kind of has that like dark impulse and even Deb has it, which I thought was really interesting. Like that inner voice of Deb in him was even like, but you got to take care of this Molly situation. He's like, yeah, she can't screw mm-hmm. this stuff up for us. And so but I don't think, I still don't think that <laughs> meant necessarily to kill her. I don't yeah. think so. Um, maybe. We I, I don't, don't know. feel like he was going to kill her, but he definitely at least wanted to find out what she knew. Because, right. I mean, she's, especially when he found out how closely she's working with Angela, how freaking suspicious would it be if he had planned to kill her or something? Well, yeah. Right. I mean, he if so. it was, you know, old Dexter and he was like, I got to take care of this and, you know he followed her around and then found out that she was a serial killer. He'd be like, yes, she fits the code. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I think that the old Dexter would let Kurt kill her. Really? Be like, I "I get a twofer. Because he said, yeah. What did he say? It was so funny. 
I mean, he was, he was at that point with this episode, I think, you know, when he realizes that what Kurt is doing is like classic serial killer 101, uh, you know, he considers ignoring it and moving on. He's like, well, how bad would he it says, be if Molly... It's not like it'd be my fault if Molly it, were but... to disappear. It'd be almost poetic. But I think yeah. that's just... But then his yeah. better judgment then, you know, has him go in there and save her instead, which is good. Yeah. And that to me it's seemed like the old there. Dexter. But he too. does consider it for. A I don't. Minute. I don't know how seriously, but yeah, he did. <laughs> I think yeah. it was more of a joke. I think if he knew enough, I think if I think if he was able, which which Molly wasn't the one, or you know that she wasn't behind, uh, you know, knowing who, um, or Angela finding out who Dexter really was, and and kind of you know bringing all that to light and stuff. So, but that's what he was looking for. He was vetting her out and trying to find out more information. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if if she had been the one or been behind that or been after him in some way, then he would have been like, I'll let, let Kurt take care of her for me and then I'll deal with Kurt later. Mm-hmm. The old Dexter. Huh. I don't know if Dexter. I believe that, but we'll have to leave it at that. I don't so, know. I think he's, maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> um, but luckily the writers didn't have to figure out what he was going to do because he finds uh, – what's her name molly and kurt at the bar and i really liked how they did this next sequence because i didn't really catch it on until my second watch because they made it look like he was listening to them in real time he plugs his iphone Mm -hmm. in behind the bar like he's charging it and and he's a regular so he didn't even need to ask he probably does that all the time um but it's recording and you can actually hear someone real time with an iPhone. If you have AirPods, you can put your phone down in another room and walk into the next room and set mm-hmm. it to, so you can hear into your, um, your AirPods. But, um, that's not what he did. He set it to record and then he's listening to it as he's following them in the truck, but then they kind of flash back to them talking at the restaurant. So, so it looks like he's hearing it yeah. as they're saying it. That was kind of neat. But anyways, um, so she tells Kurt that she checked the hotel where Kurt said it, Matt, his son, Matt was, but he wasn't there. And I'm thinking, didn't you just tell like the police chief that you weren't going to get involved and you're just ignoring that completely doing the opposite. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, that's her character. So Kurt cat quickly, casually whips up this lie. All right, you caught me. Matt was never in New York. Instead, um, he showed up at my lodge drunk and the search party had been going for a week. And I lied because I didn't want the tribe coming to look for him shooting the deer. And I didn't want the people pissed that they wasted time looking for Matt. So he's hiding out in my cabin. That's off the grid that no one knows about. And I'm like, okay, so was your plan just to hide him there forever or Maybe just until things blew over. I don't know. I mean, he's lying, so it doesn't really matter. But um, he's just lying. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of the same problem with saying his son is in New York. Like, how are you going to explain that your son never comes home? But whatever. So Mm -hmm. anyway, offers to take Molly there and she can ask Matt whatever she wants, but she can't tell anyone where Matt's hiding, at least not until his side of the story is out. I guess so that's sort of suggesting Matt has something to say that will exonerate him which is a little flimsy, but whatever. She's so like thirsty for a story that she says yes. And um, then she goes down in the basement. Yeah. Then she gets her mace or pepper spray or whatever out. And then this other part I thought was really interesting. So Dexter follows them to the cabin 
So he quietly closes the truck door, which is really smart. Although I did feel like it was a little bit too in view, given that it's so remote that Kurt might look up and see him there. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, then he, they go down in the basement. She's really nervous. And he's like, oh, yeah, Matt's back here in my kill room. And um, <coughs> Dexter, <laughs> he just walks down in there. Everything OK down here? I was just driving by. I saw some people prowling around the cabin. Just wanted to make sure it wasn't a bunch of high school kids breaking into a party or something. I'm like. This is actually the part that I had the most trouble with. You saw high school kids prowling around and thought they might be breaking into a party. So you walked into this random, why would you break into a party? And, and, and how do you know these people, like, you don't know this cabin. How do you know that anybody prowling walking around it would be a problem? And would you just like walk into some random person's house? Like I'm here to help you with these people who are prowling around. And then, um, and also you just happened to be driving by this random off the grid cabin at the end of this dirt road and saw some kids skulking around. So, and then why aren't you surprised that you see two people that, you know, down here? So I feel kind of like this is such a flimsy excuse that yeah. he's not even trying. I, yeah, I guess my, excuse or whatever for that is i don't think dexter really i, I think that's exactly yeah that's what i'm I saying i think he really was yeah. trying that hard he's it's like, like a challenge I, I almost think he purposely yeah he's like i at this point he's figured out i think i'm pretty sure i know what Kurt yeah is and so kurt's not gonna believe me either way but i need to get in there and save just say whatever from, from him so whatever shit i can throw together to get her out of there kurt's not kurt's gonna get on to me and we're gonna have this issue anyway yeah. after this yeah so so just throw whatever you can together yeah, and I think he's banking on Kurt being flustered at having been caught in the act and Molly being glad to be saved so they'll just go along with his crazy story. But um, then I would think that De- that Kurt would know, okay, that was obviously bullshit. It's obviously bullshit. So that means Dexter's on to me. He's got to know that now by by because that would not what Dexter said happened would not happen that oh, that Dexter happened 100%. to be driving by this random cabin saw some kids and came in and found him about to kill Molly. So but the thing is that yeah. Kurt says, you know, at the end, well, first, I love how Dexter's like, no, let me just check this out and does a whipped around him. That like little dodge yeah. rolling around <laughs> that little roll. And then oh he notices right <laughs> away Dexter. that there's a camera and also that the door locks on the outside. So then I loved when he at the end yeah. he's like, You want me to close this? And he's like, No, no, no. Um but <laughs> I know. You want to close this for but, you? No, 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 no. I laughed I laughed out loud with that because I was like, he's just fucking with Kurt. Absolutely. Yeah. He's trolling yeah. him so hard. But then yes. he's like, um, <sighs> He uh, Kurt's like Jimbo Molly this thing about Matt stays between the three of us okay and I'm like well Molly who had promised you not mm-hmm. to tell anyone just blurted it right out to Dexter when you know when Dexter was down there he's like oh yeah I was showing her the cabin no that's not why Matt's here I'm like hey, wait didn't you promise him you weren't going to tell anyone until Matt's story was told and also she's a podcaster in desperate need of a story so she's uh fighting for her life though i think she was truly frightened by kurt at that moment so she's like blowing his story out of the water yeah anything to not be but still like here he's saying hey don't tell anyone about matt all right and i'm like well you i don't know if you can trust her not to tell anyone and jim's dating the police chief and doesn't like you so uh but also the fact that he said that makes me feel like he doesn't know dexter's on to him because if he knew Dexter's mm. on to me, would he also be saying, Hey, 
hey guy who knows I'm a killer don't tell anyone that I was lying about my son well I don't know that he knows Dexter's also a killer but I think I'm not saying that, that. I'm saying he's he's saying Dexter knows that he's a killer that's what I'm saying like if you know that Dexter knows well, you're about to hurt this person then are you gonna also say hey don't tell anyone that my son's here I think he's just continuing on with his little ruse. You don't think he really did he's, want he's them not playing. to tell anyone about Matt? He's. Well, I, I mean, if, I don't they, think if, if Molly to, says something to Angela or whatever, then I mean, then he's got the whole police showing up at his cabin, then going like, "All right, where's Matt? Well, I guess we'll just wait around until he shows up." And now they're in the I, way of anything else he wants to do. My point is just that, okay. but the the yeah. excuse that Dexter used to get in there, I think is pretty clearly shows that Dexter knows that Kurt was going to hurt Molly. And so if, if Kurt knows that Dexter knows that Kurt was going to hurt Molly, then Kurt should know that Dexter's not going to keep Kurt's secrets, <laughs> you know? Right. He, he's so like what Rima said, maybe it's just, he's just committing to the bit, I guess point, just to cover his own self. I, I mean, yeah. And and this is this is my number um, two actually is mm-hmm. like this town isn't big enough for two serial killers. Um, if if I know anything from listening to nine seasons, well, this being the ninth season of Dexter Morgan voiceovers, it's that killers can sniff each other out. And you know, I think Kurt got a big old whiff a Dexter here. Uh, you know, we got a couple big sharks in a little pond circling each other and uh, Dexter did clumsily insert himself up into Kurt's business and uh, now there's blood in the water. I think we're going to, you know, we're going to see how this plays out. But yeah, I mean, Dexter showed his hand. He clearly knows that Kurt was up to no good. I just hope uh, if Kurt doesn't realize that, then I think it's ridiculous. If next week Kurt seems to think that he got away with what happened with Molly, then I think uh, that that's dumb. You know, I think it's on. Yeah, I think it's on. Hopefully, he realizes I mean, I think that, that Dexter's on the... to him because otherwise, it doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, I think that was proven at the wrestling match. You know, because Kurt was like, "You want to go? Is this? You know, you are you ready to go? They're definitely like they see each other now. Well, yeah, he just Do pushed they, him. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's all that tension there from what happened earlier, you know, in in the day, and you know, I I don't know. I think I think we're in in for it here. Uh, I think there's a war brewing between these two. Like if like if Kurt sure. Kurt doesn't, I don't think Kurt suspects that Dexter's a killer. He, he we haven't seen any indication of that. So all Kurt, all Kurt no. knows is that he showed up and was a hero when Kurt was about to kill someone. And, and he, I would think would also know clearly that Dexter knew that that's why Dexter was there. So he knows that Dexter knows that he was about to hurt somebody. So he doesn't seem to be acting like a guy who knows that the jig is up. He's still just like, Oh yeah, it's all fine. Nobody knows. Um, We'll see. I mean, maybe hopefully next week we'll, take care of my concerns about that. But just one little other bit about this. So Molly tells Dexter, she felt like she was going to um, be an episode of my, I felt like I was going to be an episode of my own podcast and I'm glad you showed up when you did. But then she's like, so what do you think's up with Matt? And I'm like, well, wait, do you actually think 
that Kurt was about to kill you or, uh, cause if so, you should be asking about him. Like what's up with Kurt? You know, was he really going to kill me? Like is, uh, that's crazy. We should investigate that, you know? So hopefully she's onto that next week mm-hmm. too. Yeah, I hope so. That's it. All right. Well then to my number two, which is actually pretty much the same thing. It's just, yeah, Kurt and, and <laughs> he's losing it a little bit. Uh, but yeah, just the stuff going on with him. I'm trying to see if I got any others aside from what happened with, you know, I have a lot of notes about him and Molly, but Aside from Molly, even what we see with him, uh, him trying to fix up Chloe's face with the clay and that's not working out. And he just gets really pissed that that whole process with her went south. And so it just kind of sours him. He's just agitated. He goes back to the diner and the truck stop and you can just see he's just pissed. Everything. He just carries himself with this agitation. Uh, He sees another young traveling girl outside the store and he's gonna go up and give her some money and try again start this process again and then of course her boyfriend shows up and he's managed to find a ride for them and oh thank you for the money you're so nice and he's just like fuck this is not everything one thing on another stacking up and he's getting mad that's when harrison shows up and then he's got to put this face back on for him and you know then he meets up with molly later on and then all that stuff with molly you know I feel like the, it's not every day you get to yak it up with a real radio star. Ah, nope. Podcast star radio is dead. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, but yeah. And then we talked about everything that went on with Molly and then Dexter showing up and you just see Kurt is just like going insane with the bullshit that he's dealing with here. Like I kept waiting for him to snap, you know, with that, like, it's like, Oh, we were just leaving. Actually. No, Matt's in there. Oh, Matt's in there. I'd love to say hi. You know, <laughs> and he's just like, Oh my God, get these people out of here. So and good. then, yeah, that we talked about that little Dodge roll around like, Oh, you came all this way. You might as well check. <laughs> and it's like, Oh, there's a bathroom in here. Oh, this is nice. Jacuzzi. This is real. You know, Harrison would love a spot like this for himself. How long did it take you to build this? And he's just keeping it going. And, Kurt is like, I just keep seeing Kurt like this balloon ready to pop. He's like, I can almost see steam yeah, coming out of his ears. Like, his shit. He's <laughs> losing it. Yeah. And then that's when they do leave finally. And he just punches that hole in the wall. And then he's just, he's, I, yeah. So I think even, I, I feel like he's decompensating a little yeah, bit. Um, I would expect next week. If Kurt doesn't recognize that Dexter knows what's going on, which I think he does. I think he would. But then Kurt's going to be his own downfall because I think he's finally just going to snap. I can totally see that happening. Every Because all of the, the L's keep piling up in his corner. He's not getting the things the ways he wants them. And everything's kind of falling apart on him. And of course, now we see that Angela has found something connected to him. Yeah. At least loosely loosely enough and so all that's going to come on him molly i feel like molly has plenty of reason to now think that kurt's involved in some some dark stuff and she's going to keep investigating him these walls are closing in on kurt and i'm just expecting it to i'm expecting him to yeah it's like a rat being backed into a corner and he i i feel like the whole scene with the girl uh at first i was like man there's a lot of runaways like young girls around here but then nope she has a boyfriend she's just traveling but um he was like so bummed. Oh man. And it seems like the point of that was he needs some relief. He needs to scratch that itch and he Mm -hmm. didn't get it. And so it made him even more frustrated. 
But what was he doing with that eye mask? He's trying to fix with her the face. the girl he already killed. He, he's not He's not supposed to shoot yeah, them in the face. He shoots them like in the heart to minimize yeah, the damage. We've just kind of... Oh. Yeah. He's doing like a taxi. It's the, like a, trophies. It's like a the, well, Yeah, I don't. I don't but know. But yeah, exactly. But, you know, he's he's going to all this trouble where he's we embalming. Haven't seen, he's taking. Yeah. He's being very meticulous. He dresses the okay. bodies. He cleans them, embalms them, dresses them. Um, now, is it like a human taxidermy kind of thing? What 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 what? We don't know what is happening with the bodies or anything like that. There's a lot of theories, but. You know, he shoots mm. them in, like in the heart, I think, on purpose because it's easy cleanup. It's an easy wound to fix and you can cover it by clothes and things. But the face is a lot mm. harder. And th- th- I think that's why he's kind of. So there's down. some yeah. space somewhere with all these like st- taxidermy bodies or something. Or something. Yeah. Somebody has a trophy. Yeah. Room. I don't think it's him. But. Yeah, I mean, because why it? go to all the trouble? I don't. It's I don't Angela. Know. No, uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I I think one potential um, possibility could be that billionaire. He's got something to do with it. Uh huh. The oil tycoon. Oh. Is there something about like he's hiring I, Kurt to to let his rage out and and get these trophies for that guy? I, I don't, there's a couple. I I don't know. I'll talk about it in a minute because it's one of my Dexter points. sure <laughs> runs into a lot of crazies. Yeah. Well, right. crazy finds crazy. You know, he he's drawn to them. But Are you saying there's serial killers all around us, but we just don't stiff them out, and so they just walk right by? There's a lot more active You're serial like, yep. killers in the United States than what you know. There's a lot. There's at least like thirty something active serial killers today in the U.S. Anyway, yes. And they're all in <laughs> Iron Lake. <laughs> There's soon to be minus one because Dexter's gonna be taking this guy out. Take care of it. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Did you have more on your point there, Pake? We were kind of. Uh, no, that's that's really all I had. Was yeah, just to add on. I like you know we talked about everything with Molly, but even the other stuff that we saw with Kurt surrounding that. I do. I just think that he's really working his way to a boiling point here. I I agree. He. Mm-hmm. I feel like he has to. You know, because he's so ritualistic um, with his process, and because it didn't go right, he's got to mm-hmm. fulfill he's OCD that. about it. Yeah, he's got to get it right, and yeah. until he gets it right, it's not going to satisfy uh, his, I guess, dark passenger. It's not going to satisfy what's in him um, to where he can be, you know, kind yeah. of dormant for the next couple of months until his next. Yeah, and the more he gets desperate for to satisfy that, then. The shoddier he's going to get, and the more lazy he's going to get and, sloppy. Something's going to happen. You know, not impulsive, sloppy, and not. Careful well, I feel like he and, was yeah. with Molly. Mm-hmm. I feel like that was quite a bold move. People saw him, uh, them at the bar together, and then they leave together, and then she right. what disappears. I mean, she's 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 not a runaway. She's, a, she's not someone that someone you know. Um, well, not that no one's really looking for all the runways, but they're easily dismissed. Oh, well, they just ran away. They're not dead. Or uh, who really cares about them? Because they're either, you know, yeah. maybe girls that are poor, or I know some of the girls were indigenous girls, and, you know, they don't get the recognition as far as, like, you know, missing um, missing young women and such. They don't get the press and, and um, the notice that they need to be found. Um, so... But with Molly, that's not true. She's it's a like, famous well, well, who podcaster. Well, who was she? Oh, she was there. Yeah, yeah she's yeah. a true crime podcaster a investigating Kurt. Yeah. 
Kurt, whatever his name is. Yeah. And now she's missing. Like, because hmm. I think we've even seen she's posted on her Instagram where she is. She's like, oh, I'm working on a fun new store, or like a great yeah, new story in Ireland, like New she York. She has millions of followers. Yeah. She's, so and she just goes missing. the police chief Something knows happened. that she was suspicious of this guy. Absolutely. Who, and who and talking about. the police yeah. chief yeah. herself is suspicious of him, but she's the one holding back because she's like, well, we're going to investigate because if we need to build a case here, we don't want to. Yeah. I don't think know. he knows that though. No, he doesn't but know that. He knows but. that she was, he knows that Molly was suspicious because she was asking questions. Right. So, so then you, sh- you would then presume, oh, maybe she told somebody else, you know? Right. So yeah, he is getting sloppy because they're seen in a public place. Um, and Molly is not just a, a no one. She's very well known. She has millions of followers. Her listeners alone, if something happened to her, would be like, okay, well, we're going to investigate this and find out what happened, right? So it just, yeah, you know, that it, if it's, something happened to us, needs. would you guys look into it, please? Thank you. One of us goes missing. <laughs> please, please, and thank, thank you. you. <laughs> <laughs> find me, find me, please. <laughs> Don't give up on me. <laughs> I'm out there somewhere, maybe. <laughs> Unless I fake my own death and leave me the hell alone. Um. <laughs> right. If there's only She's definitely not in Iron Lake, New York. If it's running, a, if it's just me shop. and Pake next week. You'll know <laughs> something's not right. Yeah. Someone. Uh, Remus. Uh, she went to New York. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Taking over my She's podcast. She won't Facetime anybody. I see you right there. Um. You I'm on to you. Going to need your passwords. <laughs> <laughs> Over my cold dead body. Uh. <laughs> uh, gosh, I don't even know where we're at. Are we on our number two? Is it? Is it on? Okay. Is it me? Okay. Yeah, that was my well, number two. As so I mentioned, mine yeah. <laughs> was, was also, you know, kind of Dexter and um, Kurt kind of circling each other here in, you know, this big conflict between them. I mean, Dexter's obviously just already pissed off at this whole situation with uh, Kurt because, you know, the, the conflict between him and Harrison and, you know, I don't know. Uh, As I mentioned, Dexter's probably the best person that Harrison could talk to, but of course, you know, Dexter's not going to open up. He's in self-preservation mode and of course making it worse. Um, and Kurt, I think, is just going to keep nurturing Harrison's violent impulses. He already did at the wrestling match. And um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's I think there's going to be a big blow up pretty soon between these two. And I'm I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, so I don't I think we've talked that out. So I don't have anything else to add. Um, Jason, what's your number one? Uh, Angela finds out. Hello. So. Yeah. I liked we got a repeat of that scene from the first uh, episode where he's like, oh, hello, mistress. I mean, officer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she's like, no, that's not what's happening. Uh, and I'm like, is she allowed to force him to go to the station without telling him why? I think as a police officer, probably not. But as a girlfriend, yes. <laughs> I think that's what it was. that was about. Mm-hmm. And I love that the first thing, like he's sitting there looking like kind of you know, the I'm sorry, look on his face, but in the office. And the first thing he says is technically taking your, uh, faking your death isn't a crime. (laughs) (laughs) Right. That's your opening line, Dexter. Okay. Okay. Good. Good opening move. Um, I think he maybe 
had a suspicion maybe it was more of a professional capacity that she brought him there, not like a explain yourself in girlfriend kind of way, maybe. I guess. I think it was just a funny thing to say. But yes, it was funny. <laughs> yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah. Um, so, but then he goes into this heartfelt story uh, that I think has more truth than not in it. His wife. The best lies are. Yeah. Full of truth. I mean, bad. and it's true. It's true enough. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. I guess yeah. you got to be a judge of that. But he says his wife, Rita, you know, her mother was murdered. That's true. His sister, Deb, was murdered. I mean, people closest to him being killed. He said he couldn't go back to homicide with all the blood and violence and hopelessness. Well, yeah, probably that might have been part of it. But I think he was going at first. He was going to Argentina with Hannah and Harrison because she was wanted for murder. Right. So wanted to get out of there with her. And then um, and I, I couldn't remember whether he was actually a big suspect. Was that sort of not? clear until we see batista here in this not yeah not officially because uh there were more suspicions coming back around from the bay harbor butcher days okay and i think she had talked to angel the heat was back on him but then when she ended up dying because she seems like a bit of a retcon i think some of that that batista didn't even or maybe he just didn't want to go there i don't know but Mm -hmm. I, i i feel like yeah, back then, part of the reason that he left was also because he was coming under more suspicion. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so that's a bit of a lie. Uh, but then he said, that, you know, that I couldn't go back with all the blood and violence and hopelessness. Well, hopelessness, yeah, that you hope that you won't get caught. And <laughs> now you're kind of hopeless about that. <laughs> so that's like lie by omission. Um, he says, I couldn't be Dexter Morgan anymore. He was cursed and I wasn't going to pass that curse down to Harrison I mean, that's, that's true, true in ways, yeah, but it, that's more about not wanting to his serial killer ways to rub off on him, but also, as we mentioned, all the people that he loved die, so, and that's what he's telling um, Angela here, and he didn't want to risk that with them, so that's kind of tr- pretty true, um, and then he says he drove his boat into a hurricane and wanted to die, but he survived, so he took that as a sign that he could start over. I think that's all 100% true. And then he yeah. said, so I did as Jim Lindsay for the first time I left Miami. I'm happy. I never thought that was possible. I think that's absolutely true. He says this life with you and Harrison is what I've always needed. I'm sorry. I lied to you. I never meant to hurt you true or anyone. Not so much. He meant to hurt some people, but not, not her. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, he, uh, he left Harrison Hannah cause he thought everyone who he loved ends up dying. But I think maybe after not killing for several years, he decided maybe it's okay to start dating again. So that's why he, maybe he could change his life. Right. And that's why he, it's only been recent that he's been dating Angela. Um, but anyway, the big part he leaves out is how he's a, he's a serial killer. (laughs) (laughs) So I still thought it was interesting that there was so much emotion in that because a lot of it was true and, and he really, he meant it. It seemed like anyway, or else he's a really good liar, which we know he can be. Um, and then, and she says she, she, I thought maybe she would just buy into the whole thing, but I don't blame her for being upset. You know, you find out this person that you're with has a fake identity and has been lying to you. You're going to be upset. She says relationships are built on trust and how can I ever trust you? And yeah, I'm like, 
yeah, that that's a reasonable deal breaker right there. And she doesn't even know the worst of it. So I don't know right. what's going to happen. Like I can see his explanation, which is funny because I remember last week we'd be like, how is he going to talk his way out of this one? It's like, oh, that's how. Pretty smoothly. Pretty. Dexter's a Dexter damn good figure liar. it out pretty easily. Uh, damn good liar. Yeah. But uh, I think she accepts his explanation and understands it as far as I think there's forgiveness in that aspect of it. She's like, you've been through a lot and this is what you, your choice was. And I understand. However, she doesn't forgive that easily as far as their relationship. Yeah. And she doesn't know if she can trust him. And she makes a good point. She's like, our entire relationship has been alive for the fact that I've called you Jim for the past three years or whatever. Like, you know, that's the fact that everything is based off of this dishonesty. That's, that's going to be a deal breaker. And also we've seen how she feels about parents who abandon their children. Yeah. And yeah. That's, be that's a good point too. too. Like, Hey, you were feeling bad, but you abandoned your kid. That's how I feel. Like I'm still critical of him for having abandoned Harrison. I'm glad he's yeah. trying to rectify that now, but you know, having a father who left when I, before I was born, I feel like, Hey, but, um, do you think it's like, let's say that Dexter could find some peace for, for a change, there are no serial killers hanging around and he just wants to be a good dad and be a good, you know, boyfriend. Could he, and he's, could he be in a successful relationship with Angela having this huge secret that he used to be a serial killer or would he have to tell her in order to have a successful relationship? In which case I imagine she probably wouldn't want to, or could he hide it and still, yeah. and be a successful, like trustable person on everything else? I mean, he seemed to, he's done I think well the last few possible. years with the exception of lying about who he is. Yeah. It would take, yeah. it would take some time for them to be able to patch things up if she wanted to after this revelation. Mm-hmm. But I think with given enough time, it could be possible. Cause some people think you can't have a successful again, relationship if, if you have secrets, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Don't know, but that's all I had to say about that. Okay. All right. Hey, what is your number one? Yeah. Um, again, that's actually my number one too, is it's just called a mm-hmm. Dexter Morgan. Uh, and so, yeah, just a lot of that little thing, you know, uh, Dexter getting pulled over. We talked about it a little bit, but yes, mistress, I mean, officer. And this seeing how his face changes from like flirty and intrigued. She's like, Oh no, not that one. And he's like, Ooh, what, what's, what's the new game we're <laughs> playing this time. And then, when she pulls out, no, the one for Dexter Morgan, and then his face just goes, oh, shit. You know, this look <laughs> of shock and <laughs> petrified. You're like, oh, he's petrified at that. Uh, and then Angela's very pissed, obviously. You know, huffs right into her office. The shutters are closing on the windows, and Dexter's kind of lagging behind. <laughs> Esther's just like, whatever you did, just say sorry. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like this kid getting taken to the principal's office while you're watching. Yep, the, what'd you do? <laughs> Dexter's in trouble. I, I love Logan in that moment. I was like, Logan's a real one for sure. He's offering his Spotify breakup yep. playlist if it's needed. I'll have one. And he's snacking on his hint of lime Tostitos. So oh, his chip game the, is Yeah, they're so good. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, let's see. Just some of the light. You, you took a lot of the quotes that I had on here, which I love to see if I had any other ones. Um. Just the, so are you breaking up with me? Oh, fucking duh, Dexter. Take a hint. Because, um, <laughs> I mean, again, we see how he can be kind of 
dense. He's not and good on picking up on social cues. It's always been one of Dexter's. No, he's really you know, not. It's not a strong suit. Yeah. Yeah. Like when he gets up to leave the office after this and then he stops at the door and turns around to say one more thing. It's like all it should have been is you might not be able to forgive me, but I'm sorry. Just leave it on like a I, I'm sorry. But instead he leaves it on. So are you going to keep my secret? It's like, oh, my God, Dexter. Even she was like, oh, my God, leave. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was. Well, I'm trying to think if I think that was a good thing to ask. It's pretty important. But, yeah, I guess maybe that wasn't the right time for it. (laughs) Yeah, because this wasn't this wasn't a legal or police matter. This was a relationship matter. And so for him to end it with that question. Yeah, but it's like not really what she was. Here she is for. revealing, hey, I know that this fake identity you've created for yourself so you can live in this town is false. Then he it would be natural for him at least to wonder, okay, is that all over now or not? You know? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. But yeah. And then I guess my only other note, which we'll probably talk about specifics if if rima has this is her point or when we get to notes but uh but just kind of how we end you know with angela even i mean she's still mad but you know, that final line from her there is like, i don't need jim i need dexter morgan which is a powerful line there and i mean she's still mad at him obviously i mean nothing has like washed over but you know, now that she has found Iris's body in the place that Kurt was trying to keep them from, she needs answers. And a forensics expert from Miami is definitely a good friend to have, whether you have some weird baggage with him right now or not. You're like, okay. I, I That's what she's like. I'm still mad at Jim and me and Jim are having some major issues. But now that Dexter Morgan's around, I'm, I'm going to need a hand. He's all, you need me to kill someone? She's like, what? No, yeah, right. You're a blood spatter analyst, <laughs> I right? <need> Dexter Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All right, I'll get my knives ready. Who you need? What? I mean, yeah. <laughs> hey, he was wearing a Henley in this episode. Yes, you got your wish. I, well, almost. He didn't have any cargo <laughs> pants on yet, but I got almost. the Henley, so I was extremely happy. <laughs> yep, mm-hmm. baby. One steps. step at a time. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Pretty exciting. I'm so excited to get forensic Dexter. Ah! (laughs) Always so good watching him break down a crime scene and talk it out. That was, you know, because I I love true crime. I love, uh, you know, all the CSI stuff that goes along with it. You know, I I was like this close to being like a criminal justice major and going into CSI work uh, after high school back in the day. Um, That didn't work out. Different path uh, for me. Um, but just always had an obsession um, with all of that. So, of course, just watching Dexter break down a scene and, you know, uh, you know, with all of his, uh, you know, Miami Metro folks there, um, you know, and kind of going through it and playing it out. And, oh, the, he stood here and then hit him here and they were kneeling and just great. So I'm excited to see Forensic Dexter back. It's going to be great. Um, well, my number one um, – kind of a, a a couple of things and it's it's mostly about Kurt but I I'm still trying to figure out um and I hope we find out anyway the purpose of of his kills like what is it in him um and how this needs to play out because we know he wasn't happy with that kill uh it didn't go to plan and he's very anxious 
to get another one in to satisfy that. Um, I'm curious about the the bodies. What's he doing with the bodies? Um, I think there are some theories about the billionaire that Olsen being involved. Uh, like he's got a room full of these bodies. I think there's a theory about is Kurt selling these bodies? And because I know that he's got his own business. He owns this, um, he owns this diner and this truck stop, but he seems to have, I don't know. I think a lot of fuck you money and more than what he should have based on the business that he has. So where's all this coming from? And so is his business of killing these girls and essentially, um, you know, preserving them a part of his business. And he's got to be able to produce to keep getting the money. Um, I don't know. Weird. It's I, 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 I don't know. Um, just kind of throwing things out there. And also, I feel like he's not working alone, um, regardless of whatever he's doing with these bodies and the purpose behind these bodies um, and why he kills and how he kills. Uh, I, I, I'm wondering if there's someone uh, that is helping him. Um, I've even had a, a little suspicion on Logan. Uh, if Logan knows about Kurt, he was very quick to defend Kurt to Angela did you pick up any weirdness there? Anyone? I didn't really pick up any weird vibes on it. I, he did, you know, come to Kurt's defense a lot. I think I'd be really upset if that was the case, though, because I, I know really, really he's becoming it. one we of my favorites, like, too. As a, yeah, as a person like and as an effective yeah. police officer, I think he's great. And so if there was some kind of ulterior darkness or something to him like that, I, I think I'd be pretty upset about that. I think it was just more, I mean, he said, because what, he lost his father in a car accident or something, and then Kurt was there for him to really help him rebuild and, and <clears throat> was there for him yeah. as a father figure. And I think he just has a a bond with the Caldwells that goes back to childhood. Yeah, that's, that's how Kurt just hard for him hides in plain sight by being Maybe this benefactor and boost uh, wrestling yeah. booster like, like and Trinity. helping the people around the town. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. Like, but I love the part where Logan, um, his response to Dexter ac- asking for advice on how to patch up his re- relationship with Angela. I, I was thinking he was because him and Dexter haven't gotten along so well. Sometimes I was thinking he was going to go, I don't know, man. But he's like, oh, I'm so glad you asked. It was fun how like excited <laughs> he was to. Help him with yes. that. Love Guru yeah, Logan right, is here right. to help. I mean, I don't, I don't <laughs> want it to be here. I don't think so. Yeah. It, I think it would be a nice you never twist. Because um, I, I don't know that he is um, working alone. or. Why do you think someone's helping him? I just feel... What makes you think that? Because I think he has... Um, he's able to get away with too much. Uh, I don't know. I just... It's just a gut feeling, honestly. There's not a whole lot of logic behind it. It's just a gut feeling. I could be wrong, though. I'm, I don't have any like definitive, well, here's why. It's just a gut feeling that there's somebody else okay, that knows a- about either what Kurt is doing or helping him hide what he does in some way. Um, so, I don't know. Um, but also the way Logan reacted when Angela, Angela was talking about, you know, well, we're going to go look, let's go look at the caves. And Logan's like, no, you know, this is crazy. And, um, 
he and he's like, oh, well, I got that wrestling match. And she's like, okay, well, that's all right. Me and Teddy will go. And he's like, well, no, 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 no. It just seemed weird how he, you know, tried to keep her. Wanted from, to get it, he, insinuate himself in there. Yes. Yeah. So I'm like, that's true. why? Like, are you trying to like divert her But then from he's that, like, oh, well, or? I guess it's fine. She'll find bodies. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'll go to my wrestling match. But you're right. It was a little weird. I just, I don't know. I'm just picking up weird vibes. Something's not fitting for mm-hmm. me. And I, like I said, it's just more of a gut thing. I don't have uh-huh. concrete answers and, and point my finger at something. It's just something's yeah. not picking um picking up for me i don't know i'm just i don't know um but i also thought that it was you know we were kind of talking about kurt last week a little bit and his routine of how he goes into the bar roughly every two months um which we had assumed that he does this um is like in a celebratory you know every time he captures a new victim every two months um and if we assume that iris was his was a victim of kurt um and you can kind of calculate his kill count i thought was kind of interesting um if we let's see i think angela if you put her at like 40 and like how many years ago it was when she disappeared when they were in high school you can assume that one kill like every two months is like six kills a year for 25 years means that kurt would have killed roughly about 150 people and that's higher than Dexter's kill count, which I thought was kind of cool. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, I got to rectify mm-hmm. that. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I also thought it was great that Angela figured out why Kurt lied about having talked to his son on the phone because I didn't know why he would do that. But then she mentioned, oh, yeah, it was right before we were going to look in these caves. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so let's go take a look. Because Kurt had been showing up to the police station pretty regularly. He must have gotten a look at their plans. Well, Angela told him. Well, there was Angela a, told him. Yeah. The, getting, and, we're going to look at the case. She told, yeah, she told and then him all too. Oh, you're going to look over there? Oh, I get so, yeah. this call. Yeah. So it's so, like, oh, it's nice to get by the that way, answer. You don't have to search yeah. anymore. Yeah. Yeah. But then she also figured out, oh, well, we better go check it out. Yep. I was claustrophobic when she was going through that uh, no. little tiny opening. Yeah, which is a, a thing I was wondering about is, you know, with, with Kurt there, I was like, I, I don't think that that's a place, where the, the place that she found Iris, that Kurt regularly accesses or uses now for his system. Yeah, why would one of the older bodies be the one that she found? All the time? Yeah. She, I mean, yeah, she's a little... Uh, um, you know, she's a thin person and Kurt Caldwell, he's a beefy guy. I don't see mm-hmm. him fitting into that space anymore yeah. to, I think that was pretty early for him. So, so I think it goes kind of with a theory. Maybe I, I said this a couple weeks ago that Iris probably was his first. Yeah. I, I think or so. Or at least very early on. And then Could Logan fit in there. Dun, this dun, was dun. his process of <laughs> <laughs> like, this was his process of like, you know, disposing of, of that body. But then he had to adapt to, his process when it became a thing that he was regularly mm-hmm. doing. So I don't think he's using this space anymore. Yeah. I, I think it was old. Um, what about notes, Jason, have any notes? Yeah. Uh, when, during the wrestling match after he breaks the kid's arm, one of the guys from the other team says, Hey fucker, better watch out. I think there's going to be some story follow up on that mm-hmm. you know these guys will come after him 
that'll be interesting. Maybe he'll kill one of them or something. I don't know. Um, I have a, I have a, a few great lines that I liked. Do any of you have lines in your notes? Yes. Yeah. Let's take turns then. So <laughs> I don't just say them all, but one of mine, um, is when <laughs> a couple of them are from Molly's podcast. She's like, well, maybe the police didn't want to keep investigating the biggest case in Miami Metro history, but I fucking do because if I'm right, the Bay Harbor butcher could still be out there still feeling all butchery, still a threat. And he's like, I do feel a little butchery. (laughs) (laughs) I'm totally stealing that. Yeah. I had that too. I love it. (laughs) What else? A little butchery. Paik, do you have a, a favorite line? Um, yeah, I've got a couple of them in my notes. I was looking through my notes to find lines. Uh, one again, Dexter. The second time he's on the podcast, uh, while he's before he calls Logan, where he goes, "I can't just be another story on your podcast." I was like, "Oh, sorry, Dexter." Oh, wait, no, he's talking about Molly. Okay, no, we're fine. We can still do this. <laughs> but <laughs> he's not talking to us. He's talking to Molly. <laughs> um, well, my favorite line, which I think might be just the absolute best line ever. Um, normal people are weird. <laughs> when De- when Dexter is at the wrestling yeah. match, and he's like, they're in- inciting teenagers to inflict violent or violence uh, on each other. Normal people are weird. <laughs> Just it's such a season one Dexter thing to say. Um, yeah, I-, I loved it so much. Yes. It's a competition. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Uh, when, uh, Molly, the podcaster says, make no mistake. This motherfucker was one of the most brutal, prolific serial killers of all time. Get this. His victims were usually criminals who'd gotten away with it. That's some Batman level vigilante shit. I just remember thinking while watching Dexter that there's a Batman feel to it that I think it was even out like people talking about it online and stuff. I don't know. I don't remember for sure, but he had a secret identity. He was a vigilante. He was really clever and had tools and dark, you know, operated in darkness and stuff. Um, but Batman doesn't kill. That's mm-hmm. the big difference. But I do remember feeling like that yeah. back then. Yep. Mm-hmm. Let's see. I think I've only got one other one that has been mentioned before. Uh, my, maybe my new favorite Debism of all time. Uh, he says, I can only hope that they use protection. Because there's one thing I guarantee fucking do know, and that is you are not <laughs> yeah. ready to be a grandfather. And she bursts out laughing <laughs> as she's saying it. Yeah. And then I loved it, too, because he started, he kind of was, like, enjoying it, too. He's smiling. Yeah. And he goes, at least I don't have to have the sex talk with him. God, that would have been awful. Yeah. But I don't know. <laughs> But what a great debism. Yeah, one thing gr- I fucking, fucking do know. I was like, I like that. Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> but when he says at least i don't have to have the sex talk with him i'm like you might need to at least have the condom talk yeah (laughs) yeah have the safe sex talk i mean i have to talk about how it works but um that's a good conversation Mm -hmm. um it's kind of funny that that she brings his son home and is like hey he was in my daughter's bed and then he's like oh well (laughs) deal with it uh uh, okay good job kid i don't know score oh boy that's that's double standards for you (laughs) 
<laughs> if, 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 she, if Harrison was a girl, then they would have had a different talk, I'm sure. Maybe. Who knows? It's, it's the 20s. <laughs> uh, whose turn is it for lines? I had a couple more. Is it mine? If we were going in order, Rima, Rima if she's got any. Um, other, well, I think a couple of them we've already talked about. Um, we had the Yes Mistress. Um, we had the... Um, if, you know, when Dexter said, should I close this door behind me? You know, should I close this for you? Um, that was good. Yeah, that was one of my favorites. Um, I think that's the only lines I have. I have notes, but not lines. Go ahead. Yeah, I got two more lines and a couple more notes. Uh, when At one point early on, Dexter's talking to Ghost Deb, and then I forget exactly what the context was, but she said, no one can live with a motherfucking psycho who's addicted to murder and then smacked him in the head, yeah, <laughs> smacked him upside the head. Yeah. That was pretty good. And then uh, at one point, Dexter says, it's never good to kill the family member of a serial killer, which kind of yeah. has a few different meanings and contexts for him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I liked to, when, uh, Molly mentioned Dokes was the number one suspect and there was a quick flashback of Dokes pointing at his eyes and then at Dexter, like, I see you. Mm-hmm. That was cool. I like that he makes dinner for Harrison and it's a big hunk of meat, a baked potato with no fixings and carrots, which is some feels like something he would make or dad would make. I was just glad that Harrison didn't throw oh, the steak and potato away. He threw his breakfast been, away. Been hungry, and yeah. I'm like, no, Harrison. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. Dude, yeah. be a good boy. <laughs> and uh, If you're not going to eat that steak, I will. <laughs> that's it. That's all I got. Okay. Awesome. Pake, what other notes do you have? All right. Yeah, let's see. Uh, let's see. At the beginning... While Harrison's out doing his chores, I just like how Dexter's kind of watching and kidding himself. You know, coffee's even made before he gets up and he's got this like kind of like look on his face and he's holding himself. He's like, I'm such a good dad. Wow. I'm just, like, he's just like kidding himself, not knowing like the situation. But then I do like, you know, we talked about this a little bit last week, I think. Uh, Dexter's inner thoughts in the form of Deb saying, you know, what Harry did was definitely not the right thing. Again, with the, you're doing the right thing by having him in therapy. It's better than what Harry did. It's just reiterating that. I think it was cool. Um, I have still the questions that I had that's bothering me. Uh, you know, he winds, he's, Dexter's going down this path of assuming that it was Molly that tipped Angela off as to who he was being this true crime podcaster. Uh, he's wrong. Strangely, at least that we know, unless she's playing it, you know, real close that even we, the audience can't see it yet that I'm surprised that, you know, she doesn't recognize him or know who he was based off of what she's covered. And that's why I have, you know, when, when Dexter is checking out the Mary fucking kill podcast. So I, I had to write this stuff down cause I thought it was just interesting, but, uh, clearly she spent some time in Miami. And so I was like, how is there no way that she doesn't know exactly who Dexter is because she covered Trinity killer, ice truck killer, and the Bay Harbor Butcher on three separate episodes. And I even have, I, I paused it and like on like the like sp- screen of each one as he was like scrolling through, I wanted to read like the little like, like, so, the like synopsis uh, of each one. Yeah. Blurbs that she had for each episode. Yeah. Just cause I, I was like, I, I wanted to write them back. Cause like 
maybe there's something hidden in there. And there really wasn't, but just I like her way with words on things. So the three that she has is episode three, Miami, the Trinity Killer. Three is the magic number, or is it, in this episode. Molly finds anomalies in the story about Arthur Mitchell, a.k.a. the Trinity Killer, the slasher who traveled the country and killed in threes. Spoiler alert, he didn't. And then episode six, the ice truck killer. The ice truck killer terrified Miami with his with his exsanguinated and dismembered (laughs) bodies left all over the city. He turned out to be, wait for it, Brian Moser, a limb replacement specialist, a serial killer who turned what he loved to do into a (laughs) talk about loving your work. And then episode seven, the Bay Harbor butcher. In this week's MFK, Molly digs her feet into the warm sands of Miami Beach in the story of the Bay Harbor Butcher, a cop turned brutal serial killer vigilante who killed criminals who couldn't be caught. Dozens of bodies dismembered, meticulously wrapped, and buried at the bottom of the ocean. WTF. (laughs) I was like, man. It was like, she's really dug deep into all three of these cases, at least these three. You would think, and I've brought it up like two weeks in a row now, I mean, the Trinity Killer, she has a picture of Rita at the, the wedding photo. Dexter would have been in that photo, but then also, would she have done enough digging to realize Brian Moser was had a brother who was Dexter, or is like that stuff? Well, not Harry in destroyed his, his the files. With Brian? Yeah, that's right. So maybe she wouldn't get the connection with Brian, but then also Bay Harbor Butcher again, just because you know, Dexter is there in the forensics team at Miami Metro working with dokes every day. She would have known maybe the people he was working with. I feel like I don't know enough about true crime podcasts to know if they would know like the whole forensics team or not. I think based on what I know, which is nothing I'm like, Hey, I could believe that she wouldn't, but maybe that's crazy. And maybe she would, you know, Mm-hmm. I don't know, but yeah, you're right. Like he she was, was married to Rita. So or he was married to Rita. So that would be the yeah. strongest thing where I would think she might know. Yeah. But maybe not though. I could see maybe uh, not knowing. I don't yeah. Know. You mentioned that I do feel a little butchery line, but again, what that, you know, comes with is, you know, she has her reasons to believe that the BHB, you know, the behavior, which is still out there because she has a source that has told her that Dokes was out of the country doing special ops work during a lot of the times mm-hmm. that like killing and cases of the Bay Harbor Butcher were going on. So that is sort uh, of like maybe she will get on to Dexter, but yeah. she's not now at all. Not yet. I don't think. Yeah. Not yet. Yeah. We talked the therapy scene a lot. Angela going to the caves. Uh, Logan and Angela. Let's see. Logan and Dexter. I think we've pretty much talked about, okay, with Audrey, just a random little note, her parentage situation finally figured out. Not that it's a big deal, but I was just curious about it the other week. I remember being like, what actually is? So that we got it spelled out that her mom did abandon her and her dad. So her dad Mm -hmm. was raising her as a single father. Then he met Angela. They got married and Angela adopted her officially as her daughter, which I've seen because that's the case with like my cousin is my uncle by blood married a woman who already had a young baby who's my cousin who I grew up with as my cousin because whenever he, they married, he officially like adopted him so that he is, you know, by mm-hmm. law, his father now. Mm-hmm. And so I've seen that. But then at that point, then her biological father ended up dying, but she is legally the daughter of Angela due to that adoption. And so that's the situation. I was like, okay. I'm glad it just got spelled out because it was like a thing for me. It yeah. was like, wait, what's what's the deal? I like that we got it. Mm-hmm. So I got that. 
Yeah. Um, uh, Teddy. I really like yep. Teddy in this episode. There's just something very like warm and likable about him. Like he's kind of been the you know ditzy, goofy guy. But I don't know. There's something about when him and Angela went to the caves and he just stops and was like, yeah, that thing about finding a body. Yeah. It's my first time. And then they had that little moment and just like something in his eyes. And I was like, I just want to give him a hug. <laughs> like, it's like, you're, you're doing a good job, Teddy. Just, and he was, he's a great backup for her. And I really liked yep. Teddy this episode, the little Me bit too. we got him. It's probably a killer. And <laughs> yeah. And I think that's probably it. They're just, you know, talking about Angela finding Iris in that situation. And then, Dexter coming to the realization that Kurt is behind these missing people that Angela's been dealing with, kind of figuring that out, like that has to be the case. So now, and then that goes back to one of my points where things are starting to close in on Kurt from a bunch of different sides. Dexter's figuring things out. Angela's figuring things out. Molly's probably figuring things out, hopefully. So yeah. Like that's it. all my notes. Uh, <laughs> I liked the piano playing notes of the Dexter theme song when Angela said I don't need Jim I need Dexter absolute yeah. just perfection and thank you to whoever <laughs> did that um, I, I, to, to me the title too many tuna sandwiches uh, was kind of a, a symbol of his abstinence from blood and killing and when he orders the um Oh, what was that pork sandwich that he ordered there at the bar? The pastrami on rye. Yeah, pastrami on um, rye was kind of uh, a symbol of the return of his of his dark passenger. He's, I think, coming back. Hmm. I was um, thinking maybe he just found out tuna sandwiches are bad for you, <laughs> and so now he's off of them, and maybe that's why he wanted to kill so much because he just had too many tuna sandwiches over the years. It's a scientific fact that tuna builds up a murderous yeah, right. <laughs> I thought it was just mercury, but maybe it is a murderous rage. I don't know. <laughs> uh, just kidding. Sorry, looking over my notes. What else? I liked that there was that confirmation that um, – because I don't know if people still think that, you know, Deb, uh, the presence of Deb or when he would talk to Harry that it wasn't like ghosts – like, I feel like everybody's, I think, on the same page. This is Dexter's inner voice. But if there's any doubt, this episode, I think, erased that doubt. Because when Dexter asks Deb, what should I do? And she says, if you don't know, then I certainly don't. Which clarifies that she doesn't have any mm-hmm. information outside of what of Dexter's own information. And she's just mm-hmm. his own internal body, embodiment of his thoughts and feelings. So, um, in case there was any... Yeah. any but he was close else. enough to Deb to know how she acts so oh, totally. that he can replicate it sometimes like smacking him upside the totally. head. Oh, well, and, I mean her, the way she talks and her swearing oh, yeah. and I yeah. mean, it's totally Deb and her mannerisms <laughs> for sure, but absolutely. It's still his, that's all just because he knows her. Yeah. Um, my, one last mm-hmm. note when Dexter, uh, walked into Kurt's, um, like secret room and he's checking it out. Uh, he sees the camera, the camera light was on. Did you guys notice that? Why was the camera light on? Yeah. Uh, And who was. I noticed that, but I didn't really think anything of it. But that is a really good catch. 
because we know that it shuts huh. off when he's like when he got pissed at Chloe when she was undressing herself and he got pissed off and he shut the monitor and the camera went off and you saw the light turn off. The light turned when off. When Dexter yeah. was in there, the light was on. Well, that is an awesome catch. I don't have any answer for you, but I love that you got <laughs> Yeah, maybe that out. helps <laughs> your case that someone else is involved. That's yeah. what I wondered. I don't know if he just, because he just, mm. I, I mean, look, I get it. He might've just left it on from when he was there or from the last time that he was there. But when he, but when they showed up, they were walking there together. He didn't go in separately or something he was going in with. Yeah. So it, it either had to be already on from the last time he was there or um, somebody else was there and, and had it on. I don't know. I just, I caught it and I thought, why is that camera light on? Anyway, that's a really um, good catch. <laughs> that is all my notes. Yep, that's it. Had to skim all of them. Had them kind of scattered. Um, okay, well, that was that was great, guys. What a what a great breakdown. Yeah, it was fun. Lots to talk about. Good episode. About. <laughs> it was such a good episode. I yes. oh gosh, the fact that I have to wait it's still several more days. Um, hurts mm. uh but mm-hmm. our part uh, one of our parts um or well actually before we get to li- uh, listener feedback let me backtrack for a second i have one it's kind of news item i but i don't know we could call it news maybe not news um i'm gonna throw it in the news section so before we get on to listener feedback um i because i i ran across this and thought this was interesting and thought others might find it interesting um so i don't know if you guys knew i didn't know um but the runaway killer Kurt Caldwell, as I guess he's kind of referred to in the show, um, is based on a real life story, killer story. Um, so for those who may not know, hmm. the, um, the Trinity Killer um, was based off of the BT, I'm sorry, I'm not good with words today, BTK Killer, Dennis Rader. BT. Did you guys know that? Did you know that that's who Trinity was based off of? If I did, I forgot. Um, I thought, yeah, I may have seen something like that, which is interesting because I said I was pausing as uh, Dexter was scrolling through mm-hmm. MFK feed for the episodes to get those little screen caps. BTK oh, Killer was also that's one of interesting. Episodes. Yeah, so that that's who they based Trinity off of, and apparently they uh, based the Runaway Killer on the true story of real life Butcher Baker Killer, aka Robert Hansen. Uh, the Butcher Baker operated out of Anchorage, Alaska area from 1971 to 1983, a period in which he abducted, raped, and murdered at least 17 young women. Just like the runaway killer, Hansen would pick up sex workers or transient women and bring them back to his secluded cabin. After arriving, he would fly them to a remote area in the woods and let them run while he hunted them with a semiotic rifle and knife. Um so this was confirmed in, um, and for those who don't know, there is an official uh, Dexter um, podcast, and I know that the writer, uh, one of the writers, Scott Reynolds, um, confirmed on the podcast that the secluded hunting aspect of Kurt Caldwell's serial killer character is based on the true story of Robert Hansen. Um, so they said the main, and of course, the main differences between Kurt Caldwell and the Butcher Baker are the embalming rituals of the former and the sexual aspects of the latter. You know, Hansen never embalmed his victims, but he did have an unsettling ritual in which he marked the locations of his victims with an X on a map. 
Um, now, Kurt Caldwell doesn't have a sexual fixation on his victims, as we saw when he was repulsed by Chloe when she was taking her clothes off on the camera. Um, but Hansen, on the other hand, did um, he made sexual assault and violence part of his MO with law, law enforcement, realizing his killing was partially due to his frequent rejection by women. Um, so they drew inspiration for how one of the runaway killer's victims um, has also been discovered. So in this episode, when Angela and Teddy search the caves and find Iris, um, one of Hanson's real real life victims um, led to his cap or that led to his capture was similarly similarly found buried under rocks in a gravel pit. Just like they found her under a pile of rocks. Interesting. So I thought that was interesting. They kind of drew it's from. Really cool. Yeah. A real story there. Okay. There's a lot to draw from, unfortunately. Unfortunately. <laughs> there's a lot of uh, psychopathic yeah. killers that they Messed could up crap. Cr- uh, get inspiration from. So, yeah. Okay. Well, let's get to our listener feedback portion. Uh, Pick, you want to take that first one for me? All right. This one comes from Simon Wooster says, Dexter definitely saved Molly's life there. That didn't seem like Kurt's normal M.O. for a target. Do you think he was annoyed how the last one victim went and wanted to do another one quickly the right way? Given Molly and Dexter's interaction this episode, it certainly seems that Molly has no idea who he is, which is strange since she covered the Trinity Killer. The ending of this one made me want to watch the next episode straight away. Looking forward to seeing Dexter back in crime-solving mode. Yeah. Can't wait. Thanks, Simon. Uh, We got an email this week from Fran. Uh, She says, Hi, y'all. It's been a while, but just checking in to let you know I've been listening and enjoying, and as always, always, the podcast. I haven't been writing because it's just been too busy, and I've been binging the Dexter series. OMG, what a show. My son kept telling, my co-worker kept telling me, and then you announced you would be following New Blood, so I had to get caught up, LOL. I'm up to mid-season eight, and I'm also watching New Blood each week, so I'm caught up with that. And I'm also reading part eight of the novels, Dexter is Dead. Oh, man. A great psychological study of this guy and OG Dexter is just too sexy. I mean, they couldn't have made him more alluring. (laughs) 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 Wow, how many times it's come so close to his being revealed and caught. Quite thrilling. But of course, his primary directive is don't get caught. Wow, the scenes with Deb discovering him and then her descent into guilt, her conflict with loving him, the killing of LaGuerta. Wow, incredible scenes. Dr. Vogel being so intrigued by the fact that Dexter can feel emotions in the midst of his unique opposing compulsion. But here we are today, and he managed to go 10 years without killing. Was it simply a matter of being away from the chaotic violence of a large city or his own deep-ridden guilt and shame at being a monster himself? Or being programmed with the code, his desire to live a normal life. A lot of stuff there. But this Harrison, I can't stand this kid. He's got to go. Dexter deserves better. I can hear my son Mm -hmm. laughing at me, LOL. And I have the suspicion that Hannah may not have died from cancer like he says, and Dexter is going to have to investigate further at some point. But trailing Kurt and now Angela's partial knowledge, plus the kid and the podcaster watching all, it's a race against time, and we're probably in for a huge shocker when it comes to a head. They got to do the show justice, hee hee. Reading Dexter is dead, and it's awesome, but of course very different storyline than from the show. However, the Dexter voice is very much the same, along with the wit, smarts, and charm. I'm just curious as to whether there's going to be any similarity at all with how the book story and the show story conclude. Dexterized, I tell you. Blessings, Fran in New York. <laughs> That's great. Nice. Yeah. If you miss uh, 
Hannah, Yvonne Strahovski is great on uh, The Handmaid's Tale. Yep, she is. She's really great. Absolutely. I'm really intrigued by what she said. When she said you know, she's been binging mm-hmm. through the uh, full series of Dexter and watching this at the same time. Is this so, Fran? Maybe you can let me know. Uh, is this your first time watching any of it, or are you rewatching the original series as you're going through? Because if you're like watching both of them back and forth, like the current and also catching up on the original at the same time for the first time, that could be a really interesting mm-hmm. viewing experience. So, yeah, I'm really I think in- that's interested. What she's I'm saying, intrigued yeah. by exactly how you're doing yeah that's what it feels like to me is like she's watching Watching, it for the first time while also watching the new episodes so like that's gotta be really interesting and reading the book she's she's going yeah yeah she said dexterized yeah she's really diving into the world (laughs) your efforts i love it i love that's awesome yeah um because we're obviously big nerds nice to hear from you fran by the way yeah absolutely Okay. Uh, we also got a couple of voice messages as well. First one we have is from our good friend, Anwen. Let's see what she says. Hi, Rima, Paik, and Jason. This is Anwen. What an amazing episode. It just keeps getting better and better. I'm addicted to this show, and it's quite cool that it's week to week because you have to wait and then think about it and dissect it, and it's awesome. The acting is incredible in this show, uh, particularly this episode. Just uh, all that face acting from Dexter slash Jim and also from um, Caldwell. It's incredible. Just the tiny little changes when they find something out or come across the new information or um, anything happens. They're just The acting's incredible. I love seeing Caldwell sort of start to fall apart like when he was trying to get that girl from outside the diner and he's really at the very edge of his control. I loved seeing Dexter's face when they were on the couch in therapy and he was really trying to keep it together but you could see the emotions on his face and it's fascinating to me that someone who had no emotions really um, previously is now you know, I genuinely believe he's got these real feelings for the people in his life now and um, is really struggling. And it broke my heart when Harrison said, I feel abandoned right here on this couch. Oh my God, he's also an amazing actor. Um, when Angela finally said she was going up to the caves, I thought, oh, she's going to find his his lair or something where he's hiding all these bodies. I, I'm still really intrigued as to what Caldwell's doing with all of the girls um, because it seems like he preserves them, so where is he keeping them? But as soon as she found a really old-looking shoe, I thought, oh, my God, it's Iris, and there's going to be some connections made there. I feel like um, Matt had something to do with Iris's death and that probably um, his dad helped to cover it up and potentially that sort of led to his um, obsession and something to do with his hunting. It's all connected somehow but I'm pretty sure Matt had a lot to do with that anyway keep up the amazing work love you guys bye so good thank you Anwen I agree acting was really I'm glad it's week to week too it's cool yeah (laughs) I I like as much as what I would love to be able to just like right away go watch this next episode I'm also um, Mm -hmm. grateful I can kind of chew on it a little bit um, and I agree. The acting was, was pretty great too. Um, uh, Clancy Brown just elevates everything. I just love him. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to see him playing this kind of frustrated guy. Mm-hmm. 
because it seems like he's usually more just like tough, you know, and aggressive. He is a killer here, but he's he's kind of frustrated. He has different shades and things. It's it's I think interesting to see him yeah. switch back and forth when he gets really frustrated yeah. and he's kind of like Anwin said, kind of breaking down and really kind of losing it, but then you know, sees Harrison and he's got to kind of bring himself together and, you know, he's on edge when he's with Molly, but he's trying to be this just friendly, affable, you know, everybody knows me. I'm friendly. Right. And, you know, mm-hmm. yep. that's his mask. Yep. Okay. Next voice message we have is from Steve. Oh, strange indeed. This is Steve and this is for Dexter new blood episode six. Hey, Harrison chopping his own wood. Good to see Deb back. And uh, Harrison doing all these chores is good. At first, I was trying to figure out what he was doing with these bodies. I still, we, we still know what he's doing with these bodies. But now, obviously, he tried to uh, maybe fix the girl's face, but then he's just punching it. Man, okay, there's too many episodes left for her to catch him now. So there's got to be, he's going to have to be able to explain his way out of this faking his own death thing. But, I mean, she's got him at the police station, so... No, just saying sorry is going to help this one. I finished uh, my rewatch of season eight before starting this series. I don't remember the, the specifics of Deb's death. Maybe you guys do. Well, that's too bad that she can't trust him. I mean, I understand it, but man, that's just feel bad for him, you know. Um, but now he's going to, how is he going to figure out how she figured it out? Kurt is definitely grooming him for something. He just faked Jim's signature. He's going to go to his wrestling match. Mm. Oh, there's confirmation that he was five years old when the at the end of Dexter. <laughs> Dead is hilarious in this scene. <laughs> his subconscious. <laughs> a trust chat? A trust chat? That's hard to say. Oh, Harrison stayed all night. Just plug his phone in and start recording them, you think? Mm-hmm. That's what he did. Finally, somebody who's concerned about this room at the end of a long hallway in his cellar. Oh, Dexter now maybe has figured out that Kurt is the guy that uh, Angela's looking for. And here's Angela and her deputy about to search the caves. They just find Iris. Oh, crap. Makes a very public appearance. He just broke that guy's arm. Hmm. She's she looking for his analysis? I'm not sure. All right. Uh... Can't wait to hear you guys talk about this one. Hmm. That was great. Awesome. <laughs> and I th- think he also had an uh, something extra to say. I think here. Yeah. One second. I'll play this one too. Oh, I forgot when he said the title of the episode to say mic drop because he does say the title of the episode at one point, <laughs> too many tuna fish sandwiches. Dang it. <laughs> we got you. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> That's cool that uh, he noticed. I didn't notice that it, there's confirmation that he Harrison was, was five, five at the end of Dexter and this is 10 years yeah. later. Is that mm-hmm. right? So he's supposed to be 15 and he's in high school, right? We don't know what year he is, but um, I think I thought, oh man, why are they casting this old guy who's way too old to play uh, Harrison? But he's, he's in the ball. I mean, he's 22 years old, Jack Alcott. I just looked it up, but I mean, it's not as 
far it off is, as I thought. And he's playing, I think he's playing a 15-year-old yeah. kid. So I think it works better than I originally thought. I think we speculated that he's supposed to be 15 when we mm-hmm. were trying to figure out, because we were very confused about yeah. how old Harrison was supposed to be, because we felt like he was maybe, mm-hmm. even at 15 would be too old. But when we calculated it up, it's like, oh, no, I think he's supposed to be 15. Um, but yeah, I just didn't remember. I remember baby Harrison a lot. So mm-hmm. I didn't remember him being a little like toddler at the end there, but he was. Yeah, it's because you just yeah. try to forget yeah. some of what happens in the later seasons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you try to block out a lot of those. Like, I remember he had that seasons. nanny, like, so uh, there's like a big, but yeah, yeah, blocked it out. Yeah, we just, yeah. we watched it because it was Dexter and we love Dexter, but um, yeah, not not the best after season mm-hmm. four. That was great. A lot of great feedback, you guys. Thank you so much for contributing. I look forward to hearing what you guys have to say every week. Um, So appreciate that. And uh, thank you, Jason, for joining us this week. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It was fun to talk about. Pretty cool. Yeah, like you guys, I'm like, oh, I get to podcast about this iconic show. So that was cool. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I'm just – it's going to suck when it's over. I I really don't know – I think they're kind of leaving it open. They haven't said that there will be, but I, I don't think they've definitely They've talked said. about, oh, this ending is going to blow you away. So I'm afraid that means Dexter's going to die, but I hope I not. don't know. I don't know. Well, and when Clyde Phillips <laughs> said that uh, when he watched it, because he wrote it, and when he watched the, you know, the finale, that he just was like, he just cried, like seeing that. He said it's the best thing he's ever written. Um, and he was completely blown away. And I was like, oh, shit. I mean, maybe that means that's a wrap. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Um, but, man. Maybe Dexter chokes on a yeah. tuna sandwich. Yeah. Too many tuna sandwiches. <laughs> when will he learn? <laughs> foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. Yeah, it could be foreshadowing. Too many. Too many. Tuna. <laughs> <laughs> i got too much tuna in my mouth. Um, <laughs> um yeah, well, this was yeah. great. So it was, it was really great having you here. So thank you for being on. This was a great conversation. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Well, next yeah. week, we will be covering the seventh episode of Dexter New Blood, titled Skin of Her Teeth. Hmm. That sounds morbid. Does sound morbid. <laughs> I don't know if it will have something to do with Iris. I don't know if it'll have something to do with... Kurt's new victims or someone else entirely. I mean, it's from a saying, right? You got away by the skin of your teeth, which means you almost Almost got got caught or something. But for Dexter, I could see it actually meaning something about actual teeth. Yeah. I'm just (laughs) guessing it has something to do with forensics, but there's usually a double meaning or multiple meaning to some of these titles. So it could have multiple meanings as well. It could have that meaning as well. Um, Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, we are excited that you followed us to the Kill Room, and we ask that you also follow us on Twitter at StrangeTCast. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash StrangerTCast. You can email us at StrangerThingsCastPod at gmail.com, and you can find us on the TV Time app. You can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at podcastica.com, and go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed on Apple Podcasts. Uh, speaking of great podcasts, um, Jason, you want to tell everyone what's going on over... Um, on Podcastica? On House of Podcastica, they were recording our first episode for the Showtime show that follows Dexter, if I understand right, called Yellow Jackets, which we just started 
a bunch of us started watching and fell in love with and said, let's do a podcast on it, even though they're halfway through the season. So they, while we were podcasting, I see they finished. Mm-hmm. So I'm very anxious to, that should be published probably tomorrow sometime to get that out and see what they said. Yeah. I'll have to check that out. Be cool. And then, you know, we're doing, um, they're doing wheel of time on there and that's great. And then, uh, on walking dead cast, since we're on a break, uh, we're going to bring Karen back and talk about Krampus next week. Yay. Awesome. Yay. And we've got Cobra Kai coming up soon on house podcast to go. That comes out December 31st. I know. It's the best thing of all. Yeah. It's like I have Cobra Kai and Boba Fett and I'm like, yeah, Boba Fett seems cool, but I can't wait for Cobra Kai. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's exciting to be coming up coming up soon be a bit of a palate cleanser after all this darkness uh, we've been covering over here lately so it'd be great they announced yeah they have four seasons of cobra kai but the showrunners because we're coming up on season four right mm-hmm. yeah the showrunners are like yeah we already have a season five plan and we could go even more beyond that i'm like that's cool but don't stretch it too thin yeah. you know yeah you don't want to run it dry yeah. Okay. Walkie dead. <laughs> oh, <just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Not everyone has an Angela King to come in and save the day. Um, yeah, that's right. And Pake, what about you and Daphne um, over on Run for Your Lives? Yeah. Um, like I <laughs> plugged on Lock and Key as well, but like we said, you know, for those who maybe not <laughs> listening to that, but listening to this, why? Why would you choose what now? Do yes, both. Why? Um, <laughs> but yeah, so this week on Run for Your Lives, we are covering the, our first animated movie. Uh, we are jumping into the Leica Studios stop motion animation film Paranorman, and I love that movie so much. It's so much fun. It's real silly. It's funny, but it's also like got a lot of heart to it, and it's real creepy and spooky at some points. Uh, it's a story about this like eleven year old boy who has this ability to speak to the dead. And with that, he lives in this town that is uh, fallen under this centuries-old curse from a witch. There's zombies involved, and he's got to use his powers to, to try to save the day. And it's real great. <laughs> cool. It's a good one. Yeah. It's cool. All right. I, I should have mentioned, too, I, I didn't really say what Yellow Jackets was, but if you're into Dexter, Yellow Jackets is pretty dark. It's uh, Lord of the Flies kind of thing with girls, this championship soccer team gets stranded and they end up resorting to cannibalism and you they it jumps across the timeline so you kind of see some dark things that happen towards the end of their stay there in the first episode but then we go back to the beginning and then it comes up to present day so you can see some of the ones that made it out and what they're doing there's a lot of mystery to it and it feels like they're teasing a supernatural element but maybe not so it's yeah it's been really good very good i feel like dexter fans might dig that yeah I know I am, so <laughs> speaking for myself, but I love many dark and twisty things. Yes. Cool. Thanks for the updates, guys. All right. Well, that is our show. Thanks for listening, everyone. Until next time, I'm Rima. And I'm Bake. And JJ Henry Henriksen is strange indeed.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.